Everything's under control. Situation normal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. I am your host, as always, Steve Sesnick, and I am joined to my right by the Reverend Joe Laporta. What's up, man? I actually had to do the little hand thing right there. You, like, do the L with one hand and the not L with the other hand to, to make figure sure I was, out. in fact, sitting to your right. Yeah. I was actually playing uh, I was playing cards a couple hours ago, and there was, like, a card in that game that referenced, like, creatures to the left of this creature and creatures to the right of it. Yeah. And as I was playing it, I was thinking to myself, like, I can get really screwed over. If, like, you're supposed to do this from, like, your opponent's perspective. Yeah. I was like, just so we're clear, I'm meaning to put this here so that these creatures are to the left. My right. Yes, my right. Yes, I'm going to my right. I was like, somebody's going to rules lawyer. I mean, I'm going to get real pissed. <laughs> yeah. But no, it didn't end up. It was a gentleman's game, and we all sort of decided that that's how it goes. Yes. Yes. All right. Very good. All right. Also with us this evening, as usual, Carlos Ramirez. What's up, man? What up? What's going on, guys? Not too much. Not How you doing much. down there in Melbourne? Good. I uh, I spent the weekend at Disney, so that Ooh. was fun. I am now poor. Um, yes. But oh, me my too. Son, my son had a great second birthday, so nice. that's all that matters. Did you go to Galaxy's Edge? No. So uh, we did do the uh, three-day Florida Pass, mm -hmm. uh, so Florida Resident Passes. Um, Those are good do, deals. Yep. We did do uh, Magic Kingdom uh, for the weekend for my son's birthday. Um, my mom is coming down uh, in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to go to Animal Kingdom and then saving up uh, Galaxy's Edge for January after the, the new ride comes out. Yeah. So, uh, and then obviously let it die down a little bit. I'm you, actually going to Disney in January, too. We should uh, plan this. It die down, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely want to see. I know my buddy Kenny is uh, coming with me. Uh, oh, we I love know, Kenny. You guys, uh, yeah, Kenny. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to see if we can get a, a little X-Wing uh, group going. Uh, oh, yeah. For a little Disney trip to Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Could be fun. That would be fun. I uh, I, I, I have been waiting. I, I want to go to Galaxy's Edge, but I'm waiting for the, for the uh, was it the Rise of the Resistance ride mm -hmm. yep. to open? Because I'm like, I don't want to go spend all that money, do the whole thing, and then... Hey, there's a whole new ride. Have to do it again. Just like missed. Five minutes later. Yeah. Oh like, no. Yeah. God forbid you have to go again. Well, it's a lot of money. Like oh, you said, yeah. it's a lot Steve of money. actually yeah, doesn't like amusement parks. I, I, I am actually. I am also not really much of an amusement park it's like person. Like the one thing Steve and I'm I, making a, an exception because this is Star Wars. It's but, one of the of two course. things Steve and I disagree on. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other one? Uh, the Patriots. Oh well, yeah. Everybody disagrees with me on that, so I, I gave. I, I don't even pay attention to that. Ah, Carrie likes the Patriots. There's like two fans. Who? Carrie, Carrie does like the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. no, there's there's plenty of other Pats fans, but there is a lot more people who hate the Patriots, and I hear that all the time. So I, you know, I, I'm so that I'm just deaf to that stuff at this you point. You play the villain well, sir. Yeah, you know, I mean, as a Patriots fan, you got to get used to it. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah, must be nice. Must be nice. I think they were. Uh, I. I there were, uh, I know there was something happened. There was a shirt. I oh, crap. I can't remember what it was. Some some Philly uh, fan had like some weird shirt on about something, just like giving it to Tom Brady or whatever. And like Brady mentioned it on his uh, his radio show the next day. I actually like his and, radio show. Yeah. As much as I don't like the Patriots, I think Tom Brady's a great broadcaster. Yeah, so, he's got a real future. Yeah, he's got a real future. Uh, I'm being serious. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Most of the quarterbacks I hate are really good in broadcasting. Yeah, yeah. Like, Tony Romo's amazing. Tony Romo's amazing. Tony Romo's a player. <laughs> yeah. He is a savant at broadcasting. The way he's like, by the way, this yeah. is what they do right here. They do it exactly. He's yeah. like, he can name the guy they're going to every time. It's like, why aren't you like a defensive coach? Yeah. <laughs> but but Brady, I've been wanting, I've been wanting to do streaming of X Wing games. 
because uh, I feel like I could I could be a little bit of a Tony Romo. You know what I mean? Just call. Oh yeah, yeah he's totally gonna do a two hard turn here. I'm more of a um, Dennis Miller. I'm very much the color commentator. <laughs> Dennis Miller. I'm going deep into the Monday Night Football vault. <laughs> oh, man. You think I only go old school when it comes to stupid gaming no, stuff? No, oh, of no, of course not. No. You go old school with everything. I can't remember anything that happened past You're the alpha hipster, man. We've talked about this. Joe, Joe is the alpha Those hipster. bastards stole my PBR and I want it back. <laughs> Joe was drinking PBR way before hipsters. <laughs> Oh, but uh, no. did you hear about the hipster that burned himself on his coffee? No, he drank it before it was cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I got pregnant on that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, well, uh, this is going to be a really good episode. Anyways, back to uh, so no Brady was talking on his uh, on his radio show about this Philly fan he saw with some t-shirts. I don't remember what the t-shirt said, but it was something very salty about Tom Brady. Basically, Tom Brady, you know, fuck you, Tom Brady, that kind of a, whatever. And uh, he's like, Tom, he's like, he's like, you guys beat us in the Super Bowl. I'm not sure what you're so mad about because <laughs> <laughs> they're Philly fans. They yeah, pelt, they, yeah. Philly they fans pelted are, Santa Claus. They're the saltiest of, of of salty fans. Like <laughs> they riot when they win. They riot yeah. when they lose. They riot on they Thursday. Does that even game? Yeah, that, I mean, they, that was a what a seven point game. It was a one. It was a one score game, and they were booing them like in the middle of the game. Like it was <laughs> Philly fans cracked me up, but uh, I digress. They're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I know you you two over here, the NFC East guys. So you guys, you you've been dealing with Philly for for years and years. Oh God. Yeah. Joe, you're yeah. an NFC East guy. Yeah, I'm a Giants He's fan. A Giants fan. About this. You're a Giant. Oh. Yeah, you guys are the you guys are both I'm Giants from fans. New York. New, New York. York. Well, no, actually, I'm from upstate New York, but we don't do that shit up there. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. New he, he's from upstate New York. He had three choices, and the other two were terrible. So he went with the Giants. Yeah, no, I lived in. Oh my I god, lived, they're all terrible. No, I lived in upstate New York through the, during the four. Yeah, the four losses. The, the four Super Bowl, Super Bowl losses. Oh my but man, gosh. there's not. A, I swear to God, like upstate New York is not New York. Like it's it's podunk. So like, there's no buildings taller than like a story and a half. And yeah. people are still like throwing themselves off of like a story and a half building hoping to god to die is that where <laughs> the whole is that where the whole bank is that where the whole is that where the whole table breaking thing that the bills fans do came yeah from? literally they're like trying is, to is that from people trying to kill themselves off off one story no, like you ever seen the movie buffalo 66 <laughs> that's like a documentary like that's not fiction yeah and has christina ritchie <laughs> <laughs> anyhow be before this becomes a football podcast oh shit we should do um that. oh yeah x-wing yeah x-wing things i did want to mention before we get started that um uh i, I want to give a, a an early pre you know before the end of the show here i want to do the, a shout out now to uh aaron the coach crawl and the ocx radio podcast um uh the coach has uh at least temporarily, who knows how long? Maybe he'll maybe he'll come back to podcasting at some point. But he's called called it quits on the podcasting at least for the time being, and uh, and, and I think uh, Ryan and Mark have both decided not to continue the OCX podcast. They may show up other places, but they may show up here. You never know. But um, but yeah, I uh, I just really wanted to shout that out for a couple reasons. For for me specifically, was is that. Um, the OCX podcast was was in a lot of ways an inspiration for me to do a podcast in the first place because it, the the um, the very open, inclusive nature of their show, and just being a fan listening to them from home um, or, or in the car, uh, you know. I, and I'm not. I was <clears throat> I was not very involved online. I wasn't like somebody who was posting in their forums all the time. But but just listening to the show, it was it was such a, a, an open, inclusive show. 
and such a loose show and such a fun show that it, it really was in a lot of ways a little bit of a, 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 an inspiration for me to want to do a podcast at all. So, um, so I want to say that for coach, um, we're going to, we're going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, miss you on the airwaves. And, um, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll be, I'm sure you'll be around at tournaments and still in the community and stuff. So we'll, we'll hopefully see you around, but, um, but your presence will be missed on, on the, on a weekly basis. Yeah. And it was absolutely amazing, uh, meeting him and, and meeting some of their crew, either uh, at Gen Con and also at Worlds yep. uh, this year. So uh, lots of good memories and just good fun. Um, great group of guys. So hope the best, uh, obviously, for for Coach uh, on his endeavors. And then uh, hopefully we'll see him back. Yeah, he's a very busy man, apparently. He has he's, he bought movie theaters and... He's buying shit. Yeah, he's doing, 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 doing shit. Not so. just like conversion kits, but like actual shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so he's a busy man. So he's st- he's not gonna be podcasting, but for good reasons. So, good luck to him. And oh my uh, god, did you guys see that uh, the Ryan Farmer post? Which one? And uh, I think he said uh, like pour one out for oh, and, and then like, a bunch of people said, "Is he dead?" <laughs> No, but the tradition of libations actually goes back We talked about, about this the other day. Uh, do, yeah, okay. I told you this. It was yeah, a, yes, it was yeah, a yeah, yeah. I've actually yes. told multiple people since I've been stealing your yeah, story. Yeah, it's a good, no, it's Apparently fine. Go it goes it. back to uh, ancient Egypt. Like, the, the tradition of libations actually goes back to ancient Egypt, Greece, and, oh, what was the other one? Probably Rome or... Probably Rome, actually. Yeah, had like that. The tradition of pouring out some of your wine to fallen comrades. So, apparently, pouring out one out for your homies is like a 3,000-year-old tradition. Yes. That's and awesome. It, and it's called I'm actually not going to do it right now because we're at Steve's house. And I don't want to pour beer uh, on his floor. But no, no. I'll kill one for him right yeah. here. <laughs> there, yeah, we'll finish one off mm-hmm. for him. <laughs> so, anyway, just wanted to just wanted to say that because, um, you know, I've like I just said, uh, o- OCX kind of held a special place in my heart from, from the X-Wing podcast community. And um, hopefully, hopefully they'll be back at some point. So. All right, moving on. We have uh, we had a hyperspace trial a couple of weeks ago. Um, we did. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Carlos ran it, so he can talk about well, it from hold on, a TL hold on, perspective. Hold on, before we get started, yeah. Mm-hmm. Set, the stage, set the mood. As it should. Oh yeah. What are we drinking, Carlos? I'm going to let you go first. You almost never get to go first. Carlos, you go first. What are, What are you drinking? All right, so I'm going to brag a little bit about this amazing tournament I ran uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm drinking an Arrogant Bastard Ale. <laughs> yes, seems correct. Arrogant Bastard Ale is actually is near and dear to us because when we go to Dragon Con, we have a special friend that we pay an Arrogant Bastard Ale. Like, if you find him, he does... Man, we can't say this on there. Uh, let's see. He gives you special things for arrogant he, yes, bastard. Yes, he ales. will trade. He will trade things for arrogant bastard <laughs> ale. He will trade stories and good times and happy thoughts yes. chemically. <laughs> uh, but he loves that arrogant bastard. He does love arrogant bastard? Yes. I am. Um, I'm going to be a heel here, and I'm going to say that I'm drinking Kona because it was five dollars a six pack at Total Wine. Yes. That was last week, and by the time we put this episode out, it'll probably be two weeks ago. So you know. You guys can't have any. Yeah, it's probably no longer on sale. You have to pay full, but price. it was on sale, and it's tasty. And it's tasty. I like the wheat. I am. Uh, I am drinking a Bold City Brewery Duke's Cold Nose Brown Ale, uh, which is a local favorite of mine. I think we've talked about it on the podcast. It's, we've talked but, about uh, it before, yeah. But but Duke's is a classic, uh, at least in, here in Jacksonville. It's a. Oh yeah. It's a it's a standard here in Jacksonville. So 
Uh, I'll be switching here to a because I only had one one of those left, so I'll be switching to Kona here in a minute. But we'll get there. It's a Waikiki wheat. A Waikiki wheat. Yeah. I actually don't really know that much about Kona. The the fact that it goes on sale all the time leads me to kind of believe it's probably owned by some mega brewery, and I just don't know that. But I'm curious. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's actually you know what they have a brewery in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah? That's where Steve's from. That is where I'm. Uh, I lived for a while. Yes. Is that not where you were born? I was born in Boston. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Look at that. See? See, look what I know. I've oh. been to Portsmouth. It's a place. <laughs> All right. It's <laughs> a glowing endorsement. Yeah, Ports- Portsmouth's fine. Okay, so if we don't talk about <laughs> X-Wing suit, I-, I think a lot of people are going to turn us off. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, All right, so the hyperspace trial. Uh, wait, wait, no, no. There's a joke there. Let me try to piece together. Something, something, something. Talk about X-Wing. Major turn off wives because they don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Carlos, write the joke for me and then edit it in later. Oh, God. <laughs> Carlos, now it part of the edit process. Like, so, I, I am, I'm one of those people that like, you know how you, it's like, oh man, I had such a good joke for that moment and it was like three days later. Yeah. And the jerk store <laughs> yeah. uh, ran yeah, out of you. There's no way I can do that. Are like, you a, you're spot. a Costanza? I am a Costanza. Can't stand ya. Um, so no, Joe. What you need to do is like when you come up with jokes, you need to write them down, and we'll play them back with a computer voice. So any prepared jokes you have, we'll play back through with a with a computer <laughs> voice. Stephen Hawking. It'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Anyways, hyperspace trial. Carlos, you yeah. ran the hyperspace trial. Talk about that. I did. Uh, so this was, I think, pretty much my first time actually running an event. So I've had some experience setting up, organizing, just getting you know. A lot of the pre uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, I get your phone on. Uh, we've had two regionals, uh, pretty big ones too. I, I think one of them almost had a hundred. Uh, I think we had. Eight, was, I think it got capped at eighty. Was yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say it's. You, you could have had a hundred if you if you didn't have to if the store didn't have to cap it. Yeah. So I um, I, this is my first time actually just saying you know what I'll just run it all the way through, um, because I always want to play. Uh, yeah. And. and this time around, I think I was a little burnt out after you know pretty competitive season. You know, system open, Gen Con, then Worlds. Uh, yeah. So I figured I'd take a little bit of a step back. Um, and it, it looks like a lot of people did uh, a little burnt out too from the competitive season because we only had about let's take a look at it. We had like thirty something, right? Players. Is that all? Yeah. You so yeah, it wasn't too large of a tournament, but hey, you know everybody that we wanted to be there went and showed up. So I mean, it was, it was a good turnout either way. I know that Travis That's interesting. was interesting. That was there. Yeah, yeah, tra- tra- yeah Travis like said, was up uh, at Worlds that we for L5R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Travis was at Worlds. Um, and then some people from uh, Tampa, some of our boys there from Tampa Lightning Squad. Uh, it seems like they're taking a little bit of a break. Brad, like Brad and Ryan have been taking a break. Dominic had something going on, so he just couldn't make it. But I feel like uh, we've been taking a little bit of a break after Worlds. This is what, the second episode we've done... This is would be Sense the third Worlds. episode. Uh, this will be the third episode we've done since Worlds. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so Worlds, yeah, feels like we missed a couple of weeks. We, yeah, we we kind of took it easy there for a few weeks, but you know, we're 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 around. We're here. We're bringing it back. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, it was uh it was still I, I think things ran pretty smoothly. Uh, one of the things I wanted to make sure, uh, you know, as we're moving here and, and progressing into this digital era uh using tabletop to and stuff like that uh getting a lot of the nuisance of you know uh you know registering lists and and, and yeah you know register for the event and doing all that stuff it, it's just so time consuming i like to just get you know the clock started on time 
Um, I think we did a pretty good job, uh, you know, on Saturday or two yeah. Saturdays ago. Uh, you know, our <laughs> biggest delay was just making sure that um, just getting you know, making sure that, everybody was actually in there correctly. Exactly, everybody yeah. that was there. So one of the things I started doing, and I and I kind of wish so uh, th- this would be a good good thing to start talking about. You know, maybe from a organizer perspective, uh, some of the things to do on Tabletop To. Uh, I did start off basically just accepting all registrations yeah i feel like that was a little bit of a mistake but also at the same time i needed to make sure that people were inputting their lists and stuff like that so um, so wait, wait, wait do you back up a little bit so when you accept registrations that basically is like somebody's like i'm going to the tournament even if they're not physically there yet yeah so on, yeah on, on tabletop yeah. to you can when you, cr- you create the event and then it, people create an account for tabletop to and then can go sign up for any events on there like ahead of time so okay. the thing of it is, is and that because that allows people to go in there and then enter their lists ahead of time and kind of just you, so you can get a Are better they locked into that if they do that. No, they can change no, the lists really. up until the time the time that the tournament starts. Once the tournament actually starts, the lists get locked, but they have to have their appropriate list in there, you know, at that time. But okay. um, but you can change it and up you can update it. You know, even if you put it in a week ahead of time, it's not visible to anybody but you and the TO. And then it can, and you can update it and change it if, if you decide to change it a day out or something like that. Okay. So, so, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things uh, that I do recommend for anybody that's doing a, a little bit of a larger scale event, uh, very first thing to do as if you're signing up people ahead of time, making sure that they can put their list in, all that stuff, you know that 100% of those people are not going to show up. Um, so, what I wish I could have done or would have known about it is make everybody inactive um, as soon in that, in that morning and then check people in Oh yeah, yeah. as they came in. So there was yep. a, a little bit of, of a flub there. One of the reasons why we started maybe, I think it was maybe around 10 minutes late is I did a roll call and I didn't click off a person that wasn't there. So I did the first round pairings. And yeah. Somebody said, by the way, they're not here. And I said, ah, dang it. And then I had to go back. And then just to make sure, I went and said, and said, you know what? Let's just do one more roll call just to make sure. I don't want to miss anybody. Um, so that that's that that's the only thing that kind of like yeah. push the tournament maybe, what, 10 minutes or something like that. So not, not too big of a deal, but uh, definitely a time saver there. Uh, make sure that you get everybody, just turn everybody inactive and just do a roll call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then make sure you click them active. Uh, that way anybody that's not there, uh, doesn't accidentally get put into the list. Um, and then the only other flub was the drops. So (laughs) I, and this could be, you know, anybody, um, that has pretty decent memory or normal amounts of memory, uh, will be able to be just fine with. I am one of those persons that if I don't do something that I was just told two seconds after I was just told, Mm -hmm. I'm going to forget it. Yeah. So somebody did tell me, hey, I'm dropping. And I said, oh, no problem. And I was just like, okay, I'll make sure to drop them, you know, before I do next round pairings. Yeah. Well, that happened like 30 minutes before the round was yeah. over. So 40 minutes later, I had no memory recollection of that happening. And then all of a sudden I set up pairings and he was part of it. And I, we didn't notice until like maybe five minutes in. Um, not, maybe not that much, maybe like two, three minutes in into pairings. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of a mess up there. Uh, but besides that, everything else went really smooth. 
Um, I big shout out anybody that's listening that was there. Uh, holy shit! Every single person that went to the tournament, um, you know, pre-registered onto the software, uh, put in their list, and everybody was ready to roll. Like, you know, by like nine forty, nine forty-five, and we got started at ten. Um, so I was really proud of that. Um, that you know, we didn't have to scramble and. You know, oh, well, I don't have a phone or anything yeah. like that. And I understand that, you know, some people might not um, have the accessibility, but it, you know, it still makes it much easier um, to just to get things going. Yeah. Uh, so I was pretty proud of that. Um, yeah. So I do appreciate everybody that. I that, think it that um, that. it helps that the other hyperspace trials in Florida have started using this because I know I used it in Jacksonville. I think it was used at at least one of the ones in Orlando, the South Orlando one. Um, I can't remember if it, if it was used at Waterford or not. It might have been. Um, but regardless, uh, the it's, one I went to was, it was. was it the Waterford or was that it South was. Orlando? You went to both of them, I think. Oh, really? South Orlando is the most recent one. The Waterford one. They definitely was, used it on that one because I had to make Travis do mine because I don't use that. Internet. Was that was the Waterford or South Orlando one? The Waterford yeah. one was months ago. The um, Waterford one did use it. Uh, it did. I, I remember. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. So so yeah. So I think the. The other stores have started, you know, it's it's been used fairly heavily during the hyperspace trial this season. So I think most of the players who were here, who were at this hyperspace trial, get your phone on. We're, we're all we're all familiar with it at this point, which is making it easier. You know, it's like less explaining to do. Like I remember in Jacksonville, I had to do a fair bit of explaining on how to submit results and that kind of stuff because people just there was a lot of people who just never used it before. It's but, great software. Uh, yeah, you know, I definitely recommend it uh, for anybody who's running tournaments. Uh, it does make things a lot easier. Uh, one of the, the biggest perks here, and, and, you know, I am always a big proponent of active judging, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, you're not just waiting to be called. Yeah. Uh, you're, you know, checking checking around the tables, you know, getting stuff done. There's always something to be done. And, and one of the first things, you know, I, I got everybody to do their um, – damage decks early or something yeah, yeah i think i was or checking the list uh that, that was one thing i was just yeah like, check your opponent list you know on it and and what's on the table and just confirm that that's there and that's fine and dandy you know and, and probably for this size of an event it was only about 30 people it's probably fine um and had i just you know quit on that and just been like okay i'm satisfied uh but still you know like i said it, it frees up so much more time uh not having to input scores not doing all that stuff um, which gave, you know, us time, I think it was like around three, I said, all right, Dem, you know, grab your tablet and let's go around and just check, uh, lists. So basically, you know, we went fully like halfway through the round, um, and checked every single card, you know, make sure everything was good. Um, you know, just to, just to do our due diligence. Um, so th that software just opens up all that time. Cause you know, half the time you're trying to do, you know, range checks or, or, or trying to do arc checks and then <laughs> check and make sure things are in arc. Yeah. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. the other half of it is trying to input scores um, and freeing up that time uh, just opens up, you know, that's the best thing about, more. about TTO, not having the input scores is the best thing about it. Yeah. From, <laughs> it's like, it's so, yeah. it's so good. Well, it puts a, it puts the onus on the, uh, on yeah. The players, it's like if their I mean? scores if fucked up, up I'm scores, like, well, you didn't put in your score, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you have one, one person puts in the score and the other one verifies it. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty foolproof. Um, you know what I mean? That the, uh, the one thing that uh, you always uh, remember from old tournaments is the the classic uh, no 
I didn't, or he didn't win, I won, and then you have to do a whole bunch, really big repairings, uh, because somebody's record is completely off. Yeah. Um, or two people's record is completely off. Yeah. So it's like that, like never happens because you're never gonna accept a score where you lost even though you won. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, that makes things easier on that end. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely reduces the chances of repairings and, and because of screwed up score entries because i think that was a lot more common when it was just one to entering you know 50 scores you know <laughs> so it was it yeah, was you're a, bound to make a mistake yeah you're bound to make a typo or invert invert the numbers you know that's really easy to do just put the wrong the wrong score by the wrong name you know just invert it so yeah it's it, it definitely i think greatly lowers lowers that that those kind of things from happening so um yeah i i I personally love tabletop.to it's what i use for i use it for our 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 wednesday night three round tournament you know (laughs) like it just makes it easy because i can do it on my phone i don't have to bring my laptop or or anything like that and it's just super simple um but anything else about running the tournament you want to talk about carlos uh no i'm just uh excited uh for store championship season um yeah so i pr- i'll probably run that one too i like i like the fact that i'll at least be able to play uh, that one yeah um yeah because you can run but, and play those yeah so i'm just uh really excited for anybody that came, everybody that came out and um hoping that we have a good turnout uh in general store championships just a, like like the days of old you know yeah. uh where you had uh, just basically, you know, a good half dozen uh, store championships where you had like 40 plus people and there's always the same yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, you know. Oh, what, do we, what, what was the biggest, the biggest one I think I ever went to was that 54 per people at uh, Stuff and Podunk. Yeah. I think that was the biggest one we have, store champ we ever had. That was a I mean, long no, day. Yeah, it was, it was good, <laughs> good time. It was, well, yeah, it was a very long day. It was um, good times for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's delirious. I as had already were. left by the time you had your good times because it was four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. In Ocala. Um. Yeah. It was just funny. Like this, you know, stuff in Podunk. I mean, it's called stuff in Podunk. It's out in the middle of nowhere. But because it happens to be about an hour and a half to two hours away so from everybody in Florida, in Florida like, like at least Tampa, it was, it was about an hour and a half from Tampa, Orlando, and Jacksonville. So it just got kind of like this crazy large turnout and it was 54 players. I've never been so happy to do so bad because if you're doing well, you got to be in that. If you're doing anywhere in the mid range, you got to be in that middle room where there was yeah. no room for the mats. Yeah. If you're doing well, you got the big tables. Yeah. But if you like flamed out, you got to go in the other room where there was plenty of space and like <laughs> yeah. spread out, you know, kick your feet yeah. up on the chair next to you, you know what I mean? Yep. Set up a little tent. <laughs> Set up a tent. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was an, that was the a, other room, however. Day. Like I've never had like the mats for actual games overlap in any other place. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like literally, my mat was on top of there the was next game's mat. A- absolutely no table space. Nope. Um, and I remember, all my stuff had to go on a chair. Next yeah, time. all my stuff was on my was had on to fit the chair. on a small folding chair. Yeah, yeah. That was that was it was a long, grueling day. <laughs> but I, I, mean, I remember we had forty-seven at uh, at Dogs of War in Palm Bay for a store champ, which was that was a really big turnout. So which one? Uh, Dogs of War. Store championship. It was forty-seven. Is that one the year. one you won? That was the one I won. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, that was when I quit round two. That was the one you quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right for playing. Yeah. Thanks for the yeah, strength you, schedule. Yeah, you shit. showed up and like you like walk, like I think it was like after round two. You're like, I'm leaving. And I'm like, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, it'll be great to have store champs back. Those are always store champs have always been my favorite season of X Wing, and I'm really happy to have them back in the like well, January like to March to time their frame. Own turf, you know what I mean. No yeah. one wants to like lose to some guy out of town named Travis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Although that's a very there, common occurrence. There, there's definitely that, uh, you know, that kind of uh, friendly, you know, uh, competition there between yeah. Jacksonville, Orlando. Uh, I feel like Tampa. it's like a divisional rivalry kind of thing. It like is. Yeah. Comes yeah. Your yeah. House and it's like it's like this is a home game for you. You know. What yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, so I, I, lo- I love that aspect about it. Yeah. No, I, I love store champ season, and I, I'm, I'm really happy that it got put back in, like, the January to March time frame. Um, I no, thought there's store felt- champs going on around us. There's going to be cool stuff on, right? Yeah, I, I asked our cool stuff to buy one. So, um, Carlos, is, uh, get your phone on that one? Yeah, they should, uh, they should have signed up for one. So hopefully we should be hearing, I mean... Well, it's weird because they didn't do signups for them this year. They're just, you literally just order them like product through the distributors. Okay. So, which is a little different. Um, I have no idea if they're going to put out a store champ list like they did in the past where like, here's a list of all the stores that have a store championship because they're not doing an actual signup process for it other than, but I mean, maybe they can get that information from the distributor, like which stores bought, bought kits, but um and i and i didn't see a specific deadline for for purchasing the kits um so it wasn't you know like i said it's it's a much different process they're they're selling them like standard standard kits as opposed to store champ or hyperspace trial or regional kits or whatever so it's a little little different but we'll we'll see how that goes um i hope it just leads to there being more of them i well yeah i mean there's a there conceivably could be a shit ton of them because it's just up to people like if they have a bigger open or bigger open window to purchase them in from the distributor um I think that makes it a little bit easier. A lot, there's a lot of times there's stories that are like, oh, we missed the sign up. We didn't know I mean, anything do we about know it. Any other Jacksonville ones that are doing? Um, I don't know of any other ones. I mean, Big Daddy closed, so th- that's not an option. Uh, Jack's um, Game Center. Jack's Game Center hasn't done X Wing stuff in like two years. Um, maybe um, FLGS. What's that? FLGS maybe. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't talk to the FLGS guys, but don't cross the bridge. Eh? Uh, it's too far away. For me, generally speaking, uh, there's that store down. There's a couple stores in St. Augustine. I mean, that D twenty D twenty usually runs a store championship. <laughs> that one's usually interesting because that is a yeah. That is not a war gaming space. Yeah. So so D twenty is a very much a card game level yeah. amount of room in that building. Yeah, yeah. Although he has expanded slightly. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's in St. Augustine. St. Yeah, Augustine's not, like not a lot of four hundred years yeah. old. Yeah. Like, not figuratively, literally mm-hmm. 400 years old. And, and there's also not another game store, which also just opened in St. Augustine not too long ago, which um, has been doing regular X-Wing nights. Awesome. So um, Good on them. Yeah, a couple of the local guys live more towards St. Augustine. So they so we they split up their time between doing I think they I think they do not another game store like on the weeks that we don't do cool stuff on. So it's like because cool stuff we do the first and third Wednesday. So then the other Wednesdays they do not it's good though. Gotta keep, gotta keep everybody active and yeah, yeah. So, anyways, store champs will be cool. Can't wait for them to come back. What's a, what, 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 uh, what kind of prize support are they doing for store champs? Cool stuff or? 
Uh, there's all not, kind. Not like cool stuff. They haven't like cool officially. Stuff stuff like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool they haven't officially announced what's going to be in there, but on the sheet that they sent to the retailers for the for ordering the kit, it gives like a basic description of what's going to be in there. So apparently, there's going to be dial covers in the store champ kit, according nice. to this sheet. Like unique at least. ones that don't look like like the, the acrylic dial covers they've been giving out. They they started giving them. What what are the when did those start? At Gen Con. Gen Con. Gen yeah. Con, yeah I so, think Gen Con was so Gen Con and Worlds, they started doing and they started doing that. I think Grands have have them. Um, mm-hmm. The Grand Championships have them. So it's it's you know it's an acrylic you know custom alt art dial cover. It may be some of like some of the ones I think the ones at Gen Con were for the factions, and then the ones at Worlds were like specific ships. Hmm. Um, so they have different versions that they're doing, but uh, and also anyways. Some sort of amount of dial covers will be in the kits, apparently, cool. according to that sheet. Like, again, this is very preliminary information, but um, it looked like there was going to be a ton of alt art cards, like participation cards. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it said there was going to be like 99 alt art cards, which tells me that there's probably going to be a set top of... Top 64 and a top 32. No, it'll probably be a, just a top 32, because store champ kits have always supported 32 players. Yeah. So my guess is that it's going to be a set of three different alt art cards for 32 players. Okay. As participation. Sense. That's my I guess. Think I think they've done but something that, similar in the past. Yeah, yeah. So that well, it I mean the familiar. hyperspace trials this year had two participation cards for the top 64. So makes sense. Yeah. So who knows? It may have something to do with the matchup with the dial covers like it, it like they may be doing like a themed thing kind of like Plocoon was at Worlds. Where you got the Plocoon ship and the Plo- and all the Plocoon cards and and everything that went along with that and the higher everybody else at, and everybody at Worlds is like yeah Plocoon is totally everybody's favorite character. <laughs> everybody loves Plocoon. Everybody, He's got a cool uh, paint job, man. Actually, I think Plocoon is the favorite character of everybody that knows that there is a character named Plocoon. Yeah. <laughs> For everyone else that's seen Star Wars, Star Wars. That's hurt my feelings. Is that actually your favorite character? Well, so remember I talked about it. Uh, it's just a uh, Star Wars Jedi power battles. Oh, yep. yep. I use that character nonstop. So, yeah, Plocoon yes, is actually, if I remember correctly, if I remember, if I remember correctly, it has been a while, but I think Plocoon was actually a pretty good card in uh, Star Wars Force Collection. The uh, he was okay in Star Wars the, D- the DCG. Yeah, um, he was all right in the Cyber was- Star Wars. He was a little bit more major in the Clone Wars, right? I just sort of watching yeah. that. Yep. Yep. Finally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got a number of episodes in the Clone Wars. I've seen all the episodes of the Clone Wars that feature Hondo. Yes. And a very small percentage of the other ones. All Hondo episodes. I literally just sat there. I was like, man, how is that guy also Eeyore? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. So I actually played. I was the only one here that played in the tournament in the hyperspace trial. Um, you hear like the the just the arrogance in his voice, like oh, Carlos just ran it and Joe just ate turkey. No, I'm just saying I was the only one who played in it, so I'm going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 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 How was that turkey? I actually didn't eat any turkey. I actually just drank. Oh well, that's you I can't eat in front of people. You know that. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't Tim do was it. Like you should eat food, and I was like, beer, booze is food. What do you What do you mean booze ain't food? <laughs> so um anyways it was a good day uh i played uh vader with passive sensors and uh afterburners and hate 
and Sunter with crack shot and a targeting computer and a shield upgrade and the Grand Inquisitor uh, with nothing, no other upgrades. Um, which was just flapping in the breeze. Just flapping in the breeze. But you can do that with the Grand Inquisitor. So uh, very pointy. Yeah, it's very pointy. Uh, it, it was a really, it was a really fun list. Um, basically, it was. I, I was basically just kind of doing like the hyperspace version of Ollie Pocknell's list because you can't play Whisper in hyperspace. So I had to, so I basically just replaced Whisper with a very beefy Sunter. Um, you know, I almost like came up to you and whispered, it's like, hey man, you know, you know that the TIE events prototype is not hyperspace legal, right? <laughs> and then, I yeah, was like, it is. Wait a second. Yes, it is. Yeah, they added it. <laughs> yeah, like I had no idea. Like I yeah, was just yeah. like, this, um, this is how out of it I am. Especially with hyperspace. Because yeah. like I've been playing extended uh, for the last, like what, how many tournaments? System open? Gen well, yeah. I mean, everything was just else. prep for worlds, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't played hyperspace in forever. And I'm just sitting there going like, why? Why does he have? Oh, my God, what is he doing? What is and he I was doing? Like, I was re- I was ready to like ridicule you and stuff like that. It's like, well, now now I'm gonna ridicule ridicule you because uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. I've already done that. <laughs> Clearly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue. Uh, I have more ridicule for you later. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh, the art controversy. I'll go easy on you. Um, anyways, uh, so <laughs> first round I played against uh, John. Uh, Kokenberger. I'm hoping I said that correctly. Um, he was playing a uh, what was he playing? He was playing like quad uh, TIE SFs with fana- uh, advanced optics and fanatical. So um, you know, very beefy list. A lot, lot, lot to chew through. Had to be careful because there's just so many art, so many very accurate arcs kind of all over the place, um, and, and also just uh, a lot of it. Was because of fanatical, like trying to really focus on a ship and pick it off so that you're not activating a bunch of fanaticals and then leaving them alone. So, um, basically, just trying to focus on one guy, get rid of him before his, you know, before the fanatical could could pop off on me, and then moving on to the next one and then in the next one. So, um, that was kind of really the goal there. But uh, but anyways, that game was actually on stream. On uh, the Hyperloops, uh, we're, we're running a stream. Uh, Andrew Cox was there running uh, running the stream and also playing in the tournament. I so. was running the stream. Well, yes, you were you were you were entering. <laughs> no, yes, of course he. You were both doing it. Yeah, he set it up. He yeah. set it up. But yeah, I was uh, basically like I said, part of those uh, duties. Uh, yeah, being freed up allowed me to yeah. to kind of help. Well, he he set it up, and then and then you were doing stuff for it, and then I think. Uh, I don't. I didn't ever go back and listen and see who actually ended up, but I heard. But he said that there was a possibility, some some people might like essentially do like remote uh, commentary on it. Yeah. So yeah, it ended up being a uh, a crates podcast episode, basically. With all the oh, really? And, uh, Carolina crates were. Uh, oh, okay. Commentating. So. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Anyways. Yeah. So it, I don't know if that those if that stream the streams are still up there, but. I think I ended up playing in the stream twice, if I remember. Yeah, I played twice. So um, anyhow, uh, so first round got that win. And then in the second round, I played Eric Geisert. Um, and he was flying. 
What was he flying? He was flying so some Republican list with Luminara. Yeah, he was doing it. Yeah, it was a Republican <laughs> list with Lumi. <laughs> and, yeah, he's um, uh, one of our locals. Uh, yeah, he has not. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Actually, but I, mean, has, I don't think he's flown a Republic list without Luminara in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Luminara is not bad. It, the the surprising no, 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 the surprising That's, part about the, the list. Really good. Yeah, no, the ability is great, and it was Lumi with uh, with Chopper and uh, CLT, but. The the kind of surprising piece in this list was Danae Elberger in the uh, in the Naboo Royal N one Starfighter with passive sensors, R two Astromech, and Proton Torps. Um, so seeing a uh, seeing a, a Naboo Royal N one out there that wasn't Rick L A <laughs> was uh, right. was a little different, you know. And Danae, which is like everybody's like like I actually kind of sort of remembered what her ability was, um, but. I think, you know, we we started the game and he's like, okay, this is what Danae does. He's like, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I think I remember that one. And he's like, yeah, nobody, like nobody remembers. Nobody knows what this one does. <laughs> so um, Danae is the one that if you go the same speed as her, um, you can't modify dice against her and sh or yeah, something like that. So if you, if yeah, you guys could do the exact same. Off, she shuts off the... During it's, yeah, if she's attacking you and if you're attacking her, you can't modify dice if if you went the same speed. So um, anyways, it's a, it's a weird kind of mechanic. And I, I did find myself at times altering like I had, uh, you know, I, I basically had, you know, I had three ships out there. So I, I one of them would do a one, one would do a two and the other one would do a three. <laughs> and like it, it would just be so basically you're just like. You know, you're gonna pick one of the, you know one of those, and one of the one of those guys might not be able to do anything to you, but the other two can. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously not in. I wasn't going my, out of my way to do that, but there was a couple times where I was like, okay, I can. This guy can do. This guy wants to do a one anyways. This guy could do a one or a two, but I'll make it a two. And this guy could do a two or a three, but I'll make it a three, like that kind of thing. So, um, uh, it was it was kind of interesting, but you know, he also had he had Wolf in there, broadside. With an ion cannon turret and Lumi with uh, chopper and calibrated laser, so it was a solid list. Um, I think I ended up taking out. I took out Wolf and Broadside. Yeah, Wolf and Broadside, and I don't think he. I think he got half on like a couple things, but regardless, uh, won that game. And then in the third round. I played against Ben Shoop, uh, and this one was also on stream. And uh, Ben, who, oh, he ended up making cut too. He was playing um, uh, 204th Battalion um, arcs and sinker with Cody and Obi-Wan with R2A6 and calibrated laser targeting. So another, another kind of four-ship Republic list. Um, this one was a little beefier with, with all the arcs uh, to chew through. Um, but it was a, uh, it was a close, it was a fairly close game. Um, what was the score actually? The uh, let's see, yeah, it was eighty six to fifty two. So it was a, it was a pretty close one. That was another one where I was just kind of chipping around, chipping around the edges and uh, just trying to get half points on things and 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 uh, and just kind of stay alive. So just all those different, like that's always tough when you've got like three arcs on a table. Um, so like three medium bases with front and back arcs that are just kind of everywhere when you're playing aces is 
always a little uh, tough. But uh, then in the fourth round, played Sean Fairbank, and he was flying. He was flying. Uh, I think he was flying. Um, Sunter Vader, Vader Duchess. Duchess, yeah. Yeah, Sunter Vader Duchess. So that one, yeah, and so and he had the bid on me. So. Um, you know, so he made me go first, but that's why I had passive sensors, right? So, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was an interesting one. The, um, it, it was one of those things where it was, it's kind of weird. So I think, um, at one point, Sunter took, I took out Duchess fairly early. So, um, yeah, I took out, took out Duchess fairly early and then Sunter kind of ended up getting nicked with a uh with a crit it was the uh, disabled power regulator but he took it after he got shot after he had already shot so i basically had a turn to do some maneuvering to figure out where i wanted to be when i actually was ioned on the next turn and uh he was kind of close to to vader at that at, to uh, to sean's vader sean's vader so i, I basically this was kind of the turning point in the game where I, I was able to kind of maneuver Sunter in such a way that Vader couldn't really get around on Sunter. Um, I kind of blocked his barrel roll over so he couldn't get arc and there was like a rock in the way so he couldn't kind of turn in at me directly. So when I did the one straight with the, with the ion maneuver on the next turn, uh, he was basically kind of stuck in the same situation. Uh, a, a too hard would have put him right into me. And um, I think a one bank even would have put him right into me. So he basically tried to do the one straight. He was a little little bit behind me. So he tried to do the one straight in the barrel roll. And it just, the barrel roll just barely got blocked by the nubs. And uh, so he couldn't complete the barrel roll, didn't get a shot on Sunter. And then, you know, ended up getting shot back by my Vader. And that that kind of swung the whole game right there. But um that was kind of the you know the nice thing at least about you know i got the disabled power regulator on center which sucks but um having that extra turn to plan out that ion maneuver was uh was was super important um so then the i think that was yeah the last round fifth uh, last round of swiss um played andrew cox uh we were both undefeated at this point so uh, he was flying um, uh, a swarm, uh, was a trade fed, bunch of trade fed drones um, with grappling struts and and uh, uh, the uh, Discord missiles and then Chertek with Ensnare and Treacherous. So, you know, we were both undefeated and we were both getting into the cut. So we we basically just jousted each other. I was I was going to lose on, on, on that anyway. So so we just had a. A little bit of a friendly joust there in the uh, in the final round, but uh, but yeah. So, anyways, onto the onto the cut. Um, I have been in like uh, I have had a very like <laughs> I've had quite the run this year of uh, losing in early in cuts, like getting into the cut and doing really you know doing great in Swiss and then and then just getting bounced immediately. So. <laughs> um, in the cut, I played uh, uh, Jonathan Giron, and he was flying a Republic list. Uh, it was Jake, uh, Jake with Crackshot and Predator, Braylon with Marksmanship, Auto Blasters, and Jamming Beam, 
Thane with Crackshot and S-Foils, and Wedge with Predator and S-Foils. So, you know, kind of a four ship, just a, you know, pretty, pretty simple, straightforward four ship rebel list um, with just four very solid pieces, right? And, um, you know, he played a great game. Uh, it, there was a couple of moments in this game that I think that, that just that just really swung it. Um, one was the Inquisitor uh, getting both shields stripped, like range three through a rock, basically. <laughs> um, which you know that 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 hurt a lot. It was that was one of those. I was like, you know, expecting to maybe take one. You know, probably evade out of out of the shot altogether, and and the, you know the Inqui- you know Inquisitor do his thing, and and then you know. He gets all the hits and I got all the blanks. So, uh, so that happened. But, um, and then there was another moment later with a, uh, with an, with an arc check by Carlos here. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, Vader got, uh, uh, he, he kind of sold out to bump, to block Vader. Um, I think at that point I had, I think at that point I had, killed Braylon or Braylon was just about to die. I think Sunter killed Braylon that turn. So, um, but basically he sold out with both Jake and Thane to block Vader and, uh, Jake, he ended up getting the block with Jake and, uh, Thane was, was bumped onto the back of Jake and kind of Vader came in to the other back. So it was kind of one of those complicated uh, arc scenarios there where everybody's really close, but no, nobody was pointing the same direction. And um, so Vader took his shot. I think, uh, you know, I took like a range three shot down at Braylon just to nick one more damage into him. And then uh, Sunter finished off Braylon with a just ridiculous combo because the, the one crit that went through from the Vader shot was a hull breach. So all of a sudden you've got Braylon sitting there with with the hull breach on him, and then Vader, and then Sunter hit him for four hits, and it just turned into it, it turned into eight damage cards, so <laughs> which was impressive. But uh, um, so, anyways, the important the key swing here to really this whole game was was this was Thane's shot. Jake had no shot. Uh, Wedge had a, I think a range. He had kind of a in a ineffectual like range three no mods kind of crappy shot at at vader uh which didn't do anything and then uh thane had a uh range one shot or was very very close this very very close arc check on whether or not he had a range one shot on vader um with no mods and it uh you know carlos uh being the to came over there and, and and did the arc check it was super close i mean what was it like it was like rubbing the base. It wasn't even it was like ridiculous. So <laughs> yeah. So here's, so I I, I you know I'll, I'll come full clean and and let you know what I saw here after the fact. Yeah. Like I said, obviously you know I, it was in a situation where I'm like I got to make sure I'm unbiased as possible. Yeah. Um. Now, any part of the base is that correct? I honestly don't know. Because so he, and and uh, I think nubs is the only thing that doesn't nubs count. do not count for range. Now, when I say any part of the base, that base has a slight it tapers. A taper, correct. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't in at the top, but it was in at the bottom. It was it was rubbing the bottom. Well, it was like halfway. Yeah. It was like halfway through. Basically, I couldn't fit the range ruler physically. Yeah. Uh, so. Was the base an arc? Yes. Was the top of the base an arc? 
maybe I, yeah. and basically I, I, uh, I, I settled on just saying, okay, well it's in because I can't, I can't fit this ruler. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and you know what, I, I probably should have, you know, went back and looked at it. Um, well, I, you know, I, what, I actually, what I'm I should sure just any part of the base except the yeah. base, uh, so physically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the thing of it was, is like, I was sitting there, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, uh, you know, and this is, this may be player bias in the moment. It probably is, but I didn't think, I didn't think the, the, it was, the angle was quite right. Yeah. So perspective I, is everything. Perspective <laughs> is everything. Yeah. I probably, but also on the other hand, I also probably should have asked for Dom to do it because, you know, you being obviously on the podcast with me and that kind of stuff, like, like it, like that also gives you kind of like. It puts you in a bad position to make that call for me. Like if you called that out, you know yeah. what I mean. Like that puts you in a bad I, position I, too. Yeah, in so, or out, it would have been bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I should have. I probably should have had. I probably should have asked for Dom to do the to do the uh, call. Dem. Yeah, uh, Dem. Yeah, sorry. Um, I yeah, I probably should have asked for Dem to do it. Um, just just to get a uh, a a more true third party in, involved there. Not not that you made the wrong call necessarily, but you know. Just, just to make it easier, you know, because I, because I think, uh, you know, that 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 made it a little, that just made it a little tougher on on, on you to have to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it definitely made me uh, a little worried uh, of just going like, well, I, I almost was just like, I hope it's not like just a hair out. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure. Um, it was so close. John, it was, it, Jonathan knows of you know basically that we're both on the podcast so uh, I but know. i think i was wearing i was actually we were both wearing, wearing the, the shirt, shirt. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i was just like uh i think it was dem and dem was talking about i was like man uh he wore the get your fun out shirt uh, oh yeah yeah and i have one too uh, yeah. so a little neutral just just a store um fortunately i've gained a little bit of weight since <laughs> i got the shirt so i no longer wear it uh um, <laughs> yeah because of that reason yeah it would be more like a crop top at this stage. Um, so I was just like, well, I could wear my Space Coast, you know, shirt. You know, I wanted to rep the yeah, the local league. Um, and I was like, I was afraid to buy us on that. But I was just like, well, everybody knows I'm on the podcast. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's no real technically bias there. I, I'm just it's like, oh, you're Florida. Yeah. I'm a, have you not listened? And yeah. if they don't know, then they should know. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, um, so it was like one of my things was like, that's the most neutral shirt yeah. I could wear because yeah. it, if people, people couldn't really question it because they'd be like, oh, well, yeah, he's on a podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it was, it was a super close call and it was one of those things, but regardless, it's, it was a, it was a, a, just a regular unmodded Thane shot. So, so, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I got three dice. I got full force and he's got, he's obviously got four dice, but no mods. So I'm like, all right, you know, on average, he does two damage. He does two hits here. I should either take one or evade the thing. Right. And sure enough, rolls three hits and a crit natties. And I rolled one focus. Uh, So I spent the force to evade that took both shields and a crit which I don't remember what the crit was, but I'm sure it was terrible. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so that swung. So Vader immediately went to half points when he should have not done that. <laughs> the, that's the one of the other and, things that you, you know, like you see when you're a judge on those 50 50 calls. When yeah. you're so close and you don't want to screw somebody over. Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, fuck it. You know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes it's just like, oh, you know, it's an unmodded shot. They'll, they'll probably miss it. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was like when I took the arc, and I was just like, "Yeah, yep. it's in," but I don't know. He's got no mods. I had a, I had such a bad. And then when I saw the roll, I was like, his, "Oh lord!" Yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "I'm gone." I'm his, dice, his, dice, go. his dice had been pretty hot the whole game, so I was I was not feeling great about that about that shot. But it, you know, even still, like mathematically, you know, j- if you go purely by the math, I should have I should have probably evaded that shot. But um, regardless, you know, it is what it is. So at least not gotten blasted. At least not gotten blasted. Like if I just gotten lost to two shields and he still wasn't at half and didn't take a crit because the crit screwed me somehow. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what happened, but it, it screwed me over for for a turn or whatever. So because um, it was something I had to fix. But anyways, it was maybe a console fire or something like that. But um, anyways, yeah. So Vader, when you know, immediately goes to half, and then you know I got Brailing gone. Uh, Inquisitor went out because. He had kind of uh, taken some taken some bad fire early in the game, and uh, so it was Sunter and Vader versus versus the uh, versus the other three there. So you know, I, I knocked uh, I knocked Wedge and Thane. I got Wedge and Thane both down to one hull um, between Sunter and and uh, and and Vader. Vader dies of uh, of course on the next turn, I think, because he basically. I, because of the crit, I can't remember exactly how what exactly happened there, but I think Vader died on the next turn. But he was able to like basically almost kill Wedge. He almost took Wedge out with him, basically. Um, and then on so on that same turn, Sunter almost took out Thane. But uh, so then I got stuck. So I lost Vader, and it was just Sunter left. And then I think then I think there was another unmodded shot that ended up having Sunter. And, uh, and then I just couldn't catch up. Time ran out, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyways, it was, a, it was a super close game. It was one of those that like, obviously like that Thane die roll on suit on Vader goes, goes, you know, by the average, um, it, it's a much different game at, at yeah, that point. Yeah, Vader is still doing all right. Well, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have that crit to deal with. He's still over half. And so even if he does end up killing Vader eventually, it takes him probably a whole nother, turn or two to do it and he lo- and he's and at that point i've probably killed wedge and and thane um you know with sunter basically so it's and so then it's basically like full sunter versus you know versus full jake when time goes when time goes off so uh, you know that just that one role being such a blast basically was what it just kind of changed the whole dynamics of the uh of the end game there but um anyways great game and uh super close and hopefully you know i can uh start getting a little deeper into these cuts in the future here <laughs> so um but anyways it was a great tournament uh as always love going down to get your fun on it's it's always like i make a point to go to the get your fun on tournaments store champs regionals hyperspace trials any anything they run there that's that's a slightly larger event i try to make it down for so Absolutely. It's a great shop and it's a great group of people running the place. 
I recommend it if you guys are in Florida. Um, we'll be posting obviously store championships as soon as they're announced. Yeah. Uh, please make it down. We'll we'll make it fun. I I did want to do some extra prize support for this one, and there was just not enough time and you know just kind of set up because of worlds and you know all that stuff so yeah. i've got a little busy uh there at the end yeah so i want to make sure uh that i have some extra prize support for this next one uh for sword championship season i think that there, there's definitely a lot of incentive uh when it comes to faction based prizes yeah um you know people you know, are really into their, their factions um, and anything that kind of, you know, you know, get, get, get a little extra swag that goes towards, you know, your specific favorite faction, your colors or yeah. your, um, your emblems mm-hmm. um, people really like. So I think I'm going to set something up the, for first star championships, uh, do some faction based prices. Yeah. Uh, at least do something like, uh, maybe one raffle and then uh, like the top you know winner of of each faction yeah which in a, in a 30 you know if it comes out to be like a 30 person tournament like you're gonna end up being like 20th place and be like the top scum player <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean so um <laughs> it just uh not in this tournament actually uh because uh top scum player finished what the top four uh what in the cyberspace With three seeks yeah, right. Uh yeah. Uh guy from Atlanta actually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mark uh Mark from Atlanta um was playing with yeah. Boba and three three uh skicks. Yeah, so. with uh what's what's the one uh that does the uh Sunny Bounder? Yeah, yeah. So Sunny Bounder yeah, so. is the with the auto blaster. So if you have all the same results, you add in another of the same result. Is that I how it think- works? Yeah, I think there was oh there was a defensive role that he did because um, I, I mean like I said you know being the yeah till you get to watch some of the games and that was one of the ones that I was just like how's oh, this guy doing well <laughs> yeah and that's just uh, he did a role with like Sunny Bounder where I think he like rolled triple evades so he goes oh so he got four get to add an extra thing (laughs) yeah that's dirty yeah (laughs) and i'm like you can't do that 2.0 but apparently you can apparently you can yeah yeah Um, sunny sunny bounder is pretty good actually the the interesting thing i think with the the six uh they have some decent pilots like sunny bounders not a not a bad ability um sarasu is not a bad ability you know uh, it would be interesting uh, and, and they're four health with three evade dice and pretty good dials. Like, you know, I don't, I, I, I could, I can see, I can see it a little bit at times, you know. So it's, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. They're, they're I think there's something there. The Z, they're better than the Z95s. I, I think yeah. that's something that needs to be looked into a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, because they're a great fellowship. Yep. But it just, it really depends on, I guess, what you, or trying to set up with it, um, yeah, because they can get expensive once you start trying to put, you know, uh, what you will call it the um, what like cannons and cannons, yeah, or, or proton like, tor- or torps or anything. Like like, I mean, they do have a super really flexibility. I mean, because they got that hard point upgrade, so you can you can put a missile or a torp or a cannon on the thing. Yeah, they just get um, expensive. That's all. Yeah, yeah. But uh, 
I don't know. I, I think they're kind of I think they're kind of intriguing actually, especially just as little proton torp carriers. I think anything that just gets proton torps on the table for super cheap is not necessarily a bad thing. So uh I don't know. I kind of I kind of like them. But uh but yeah, I think uh it, it, it was it was a great tournament, ton of fun. Thanks for running it, Carlos. Thanks for uh obviously thanks to get your phone on for hosting as always. But um all right well i think that's all is that all all we got to say about that i think so um yeah yeah all right well let's uh let's hit up the halftime where uh we'll have another special guest florida news segment today um i believe so we had we've done oliver pocknell so far and chris allen last week on last week's episode so we'll have uh, somebody else that I'll decide on later, and you guys will find out here in a few seconds. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, we'll be back. I am Bruno Lavigar from the Millennium Condor Balado Diffusion. And this week in Florida, a man has been arrested for having sex with a miniature horse on multiple occasions. According to the Marion County Sheriff's Office, 21 years old Nicholas Anthony Sardo of Citra has been arrested and charged with four counts of bestiality sexual contact with an animal. For crying out loud, I don't understand what the big fuss is all about. All my internet sisters are having cyber sex every nanoseconds with all kinds of pathetic and disgusting animals. Deputies say that on October 16, a witness came forward and reported that she had witnessed Sardo having sex with a miniature male pony named <laughs> Jackie G <laughs> in a pasture on a family member's property three days earlier. Jesus fucking Christ. First of all, who is the stupid fuck who named his male pony Jackie? Secondly, why did this kinky witness waited three days to say something? Either she was really frustrated because he denied her and fucked the miniature pony instead, or she couldn't stand the fact that he got to the pony's butthole first. According to the sheriff's office, another witness came forward saying she saw it as well and later approached Sardo about what she had seen. Sardo immediately admitted to her that he had sex with the horse and also gave the same admission to a detective investigating the allegation. Sardo added that he had sex with the horse four times during the course of a week according to the detective. The sheriff's office stated in a press release that he used a condom each time because he didn't want to get a disease from the horse. He was probably more anxious that his male pony lover might get pregnant. Additionally, Sardo told the detective that he knew he was wrong for what he did and that, quote, he was a sick man, according to the sheriff's office. One of Sardo's family members is the owner of the horse and the horse is currently under their care. Stipulation of Sardo's future contact with the horse could be determined by a judge in the near future. Sardo is currently being held at the Marion County Jail. Where the pregnant male miniature pony's family is currently hosting a manifestation against stupid jealous sister witness bitch. Voice in my head, go home now. Oh, I am at home, Bruno, and that's not in your head, you dumb shit. Can a voice in your head do this? Ow! Ah. 
I am the Law Master Quiz female robot voice. And you don't know shit. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second half of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. And uh, Joe and I have a little non-X-Wing aside because we went down to a, a, a Keyforge Prime Championship. We did. We road warriored it up. We, we road warriored. Uh, we drove down to Lake Worth, Florida, which is... Which oh, I thought was by Tampa, which uh, shows what I know about yeah. Florida geography. Yeah, roughly four hours away. <laughs> roughly uh, four hours from Tampa. Also. Yeah, down by West, uh, down by West Palm Beach, uh, at a store called Prodigy Games, and uh, it was a fun day. This was actually my first ever KeyForge tournament. Uh, I've I, I I went to the KeyForge pre-release, and I and I've I've got like ten decks. I played at the um, the one at Momocon Atlanta while you guys were X-wing it up. Yeah, yeah. So this is my second real one. Yeah. The first one was a sealed one, and this one we played over the weekend was not. And I realized yes. I'm not as good at evaluating decks as I thought. Yeah, KeyForge is. Um, it, it's interesting trying to like uh, evaluate the meta and stuff for that game because just because of the nature of like the randomized decks and uh, nothing you play is really. It, it, I mean, there may be some similarities of certain cards that are that I think are meta to a certain degree that people try to. Yeah, it's not like you for. prepare for like. What kind? What deck people had? You had to prepare for what kind of thing was popular. Yeah, so the, there'll be like a couple of cards that you know people I think seem to kind of gun for in decks, but outside of that, it's like they all do them different ways. Yeah. So um, everybody's got their own their own spiciness. Yeah. So it was interesting. So I was actually playing um, the first deck I ever opened uh, from from the pre-release event last year. I played the <laughs> newest one that I ever got. Okay. Which I had just recently gotten from the new set. And, yeah. Uh, it was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. But we wanted to give a shout out because uh, Prodigy Games actually ran a really nice tournament down there. Yeah. They did but, a great job. It was we, uh, it was a, it was a fun tournament. I think we had 21 players. Yeah. Because um, I was in 20th place. So, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So, we had, we had 21 players. Um, I think I went two and three. Ended up in 11th. Um, with uh, like I said, it was it was the first Keyforge deck I'd ever cracked from from the pre-release event. So you know they're like on the third set of that game <laughs> when I was playing something pretty old. I played dinosaurs, <laughs> but uh, but it was fun, and um, you know I, I definitely definitely enjoy some Keyforge. We'll, we'll probably try to. Uh, they got some. There's some more Prime Championships in Florida coming up that we might try to hit up. But I know I will at least. Yeah, I felt so bad because I guess the the tournament software and like true. At the risk of sounding like we dog yes. FFG for everything, in like pretty normal FFG fashion, the tournament software crashed. Well, it didn't crash. Apparently, there was no what I think what the issue was was there was there was no option for prime championship format. Is that what it was? Yeah. So they they ended up having to just put it in as like a normal chain bound event, and yeah. then having and then like having to have FFG fix it later. Because gotcha. FFG has no like their their tech support people for that stuff are not there on the weekends. Well, I felt so bad because like the owner of the store was apologizing profusely to us, and like if yeah. he was feeling bad about it on my account, he didn't because yeah. like <laughs> I could give yeah two <clears throat> two licks of a dead dog's nose about whether or not they reported how well I played. Yeah, yeah. But so. uh, he apologized to us profusely. But what was really nice was he did give out. It's not about the prizes, but it was interesting for the recognition that like. He was like, who traveled the furthest? And we're like, we barely played this game. We drove down from, uh, from Jacksonville. Jacksonville. He's like, 
Really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, apparently being a road warrior is not as common as you might think. Yeah, yeah. So because we drove the furthest, he uh, he, he gave Joe and I some uh, a, a couple, I think like three three decks and uh, and some some other extra promo card things. He and did right by us, but it was just yeah. weird. Like, be, I was like, I just assumed somebody else would have traveled yeah. farther than us, but yeah, whatever. But uh, anyways, yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. Um, Key Forge is cool, so it's a it's a it's a it's a fun game if uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing. But the reason we have done this, uh, at, not at the end where we usually do this, is because we're about to do a whole bunch of. If you haven't watched it yet, you should just turn the podcast yeah. Well, off. before we get there, the other the oh, other thing did. is there there was uh, oh, a yeah. there was another group there that um, has a Key Forge podcast, and you know, so we ended up talking to them. And uh, we we exchange stickers and stuff uh, at the end of the game. It's uh, as is customary. In this as is customary. Situation. Yeah. So uh, Cutthroat Research uh, is a, a, a Keyforge podcast out of Florida. Think of it as like um, Florida man plays Keyforge. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because we haven't done that yet or copyrighted that. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but anyways, I think they're I think they were out of the Fort Myers area if I remember correctly. But That's what they had said. Yeah. yeah they so, said they were on the left coast. Yeah. So they were so they were they were a cool group of uh, group of guys and uh talk to them for a little bit so we want to give them a little shout out for their for their keyforge podcast if you're interested in keyforge things so but anyways without you know getting too crazy into keyforge that that was our our little road trip for the weekend it was uh, a good time but um but yes all right so now you know we obviously there's there's all sorts of excitement about uh the mandalorian it is out there's we're two episodes in now um so this is the, the spoiler alert point. So if you have not watched Mandalorian yet and you don't want spoilers, shut us off right now. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're not going to say anything interesting that you... Uh, yeah. We, we promise we won't talk about anything interesting not to do with spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just gonna, we're going to talk about Mandalorian right now because we're excited about it and uh, and we want to talk about it. So if you if you do not want Mandalorian spoilers, now is the time to turn off the podcast. So... And you now have, that everyone else is gone, time for the hardcore X-Wing, like uh, strategy, <laughs> all the secrets you need to right. win your x So yeah. this is how you make top eight cut at Worlds. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You cut out all the By people that are not. Never don't listen to us because none of us made top world. eight at Worlds. So <laughs> we are not the people to ask about that. Um, but <laughs> I did not make top eight. You did not make top eight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I consider that an accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, spoiler alerts are officially in place. I, I hopefully given everybody plenty of time. Sound effects for this, no? I mean, or yeah, like like maybe I'll, maybe I'll edit something in. Something I don't know. I don't know. I don't something know. Something amazing. Something amazing. It'll be amazing Best thing ever. Or it'll be nothing at all, and this will just be. But we'll find like out. Four and a half minutes. All right, so of now that the spoilers yeah. are on, we'll give you plenty I of want... time to like turn the thing off. No, so here's what I want you to do, uh, Steve. I want <coughs> yeah. you to put as our opener for our uh, Mandalorian is weapons are my religion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be part of no, the uh, no, 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 no. man. The, yeah, either that or I have spoken. I have spoken. I have spoken. I, I did download I the spoken. I have spoken meme just for like <laughs> shutting people down later. Yeah. It was a thing I did knowing it'll be handy in the future. Yeah. So anyhow, Mandalorian. Um, it was. I, I'm actually. I I really liked it. Or so far, the first first couple episodes. Are we reviewing it? What are we doing? What well, we- we'll just talk about it in general. Yeah. I I loved it. Um, I it's it's this kind of awesome space western thing that like it's like it feels like very like 
Meat and it potatoes. It feels like he should have spurs. Yeah. Like, yeah. for no other reason than making a starship go faster, it feels like he should have spurs. Yeah. So, a, um, you guys are Firefly fans, uh, I take yes, it, at least? Yeah, I'm a huge Firefly uh, fan. Did you just call me a nerd? Yeah. Are you a brown coat, uh, sir? <laughs> so, what do My you daughter's say? middle is this... name is Kaylee. Yeah, so there you go. That's <laughs> uh, not, like, I didn't make that up. That's true to fact. Is it comparable? Awesome. I mean, it's different. It's it's a, it's a space western, but like Firefly was completely built around the character development of the crew. It's a much right. different show in that it's regard. More, it's more good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's more spaghetti western. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this this kind of feels like to me, like, like so like every, you know, when you talk about Star Wars and, and like you talk about the influences for, for Star Wars, it, it was like three main influences. It's like spaghetti westerns, the Curse. John Ford kind of Western. Yeah, John Ford kind of Western. Like he specifically George Lucas has talked yeah. many times about how like yeah. so much of it is based on the work of John yeah. Ford. Yeah, and and then Kurosawa. Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress, obviously. Yeah, and then um, like Flash Gordon. Yeah. Well, actually, there's actually an exact line from a Kurosawa movie. They, they have the death sentence on the twelve systems. Like somebody in your Jimbo says, "I have yeah. death sentence in twelve provinces." Yeah. So so it's all those influences um, in the format of a Greek tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. So like a three act Greek tra- tragedy. So that's that's like traditional Star Wars. That's kind of what makes up traditional Star Wars. This show is basically like the spaghetti western. Like they took the spaghetti western part out and like made a show about that influence essentially. Of uh, I don't know if they've taken it out. I think it's still very spaghetti western. It's still very well. No, no. What I'm saying play- take, take no, it out of it, taking, separated. Separated oh, it from the say, mix. Yeah, cause yeah. They, they still play fast and loose with the locales, the time. Yes. You know all the yes. all the things that make those great. I'm waiting for somebody to be yeah. like. There are two types of blasters. Those that come in from the door and those, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's some very, well, like, I, I just, I love how in the, just the second episode, that there was no dialogue for almost like, what, 10 minutes? Oh, very little dialogue minutes. in the second episode, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the, there's a lot of, uh, like, Western-style shots. Like, you know, like the close-up oh, yeah. of the hand on the gun and the holster. Oh, and, sure. and, and, like, stuff like that. Just um, a lot of, like, those, like walking through the sand in the deserts or whatever and and well even like nick nolte's character is very much like the 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 bartender you know the the sake house guy from yeah. like yojimbo mm-hmm. yeah like he's very much like the very talkative garrulist like sidekick yeah that has to get you through this story because just the hero is not gonna or the, <coughs> yeah i mean the, he's hero, doing the protagonist talking. is not gonna walk you through this yeah i mean that you know nick nick nolte's uh ugnot character does, looks like ron perlman <laughs> yeah does more talking <laughs> oh, man, than, does more talking like, than, the, than the than the than the mandalorian really oh, by far so um but well my favorite thing like like we already said before like when he, his character will like say a line and he's like, I have spoken. <laughs> That's how he finishes his sentences. I have spoken. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's, just, it's hilarious. I, I, it I has that. been me more the for sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the, one of the things uh, I, I've heard a little bit of complaints about, and I know they alluded to it a little bit in the first episode uh, where he was uh, trying to ride the, um, the creature. I, I yeah. don't know what the name of it was. The Blurg. The blurg, the blurg, and uh, and they made a reference to the Christmas special. Is that what you're getting at? No, no, I, well, I mean, I know that there was a couple of uh, references. Actually, there's a lot uh, of references in the show to a lot of different, um, yeah, Star Wars things. But so far, it was just crazy. It's only been you know two episodes. Um, but one of the things was where he said uh, it might help if you take your helmet off. And he said, "I never take my helmet off." Yeah. Uh, do you think as, as one of the big complaints was? Uh, you know, how are you supposed to relate to the character personally if you never see his face? 
um, do you think that would be an issue? No, uh, no, I, I don't. No, think... because like I said, it's all about like the man with no name. I mean, the man how with much... no name and Sergio Leone's trilogy barely. Speaks. I mean, how, how much? How much? Like how much of people... speaking is different than than seeing <coughs> expressions? Yeah. you know what I mean. Like it, but, you, you humanize the character a little bit more. Yeah, right? yeah. Now... But, but look at Boba Fett. I mean, that's what that's why that's why they're... let's go, let's go back to the reason why this show exists in the first place, and it's because it's of Boba Fett. Boba Fett, which was. Yeah, essentially like Boba Fett fan yeah uh, yeah yeah but i'm gonna go ahead and nitpick it a little bit because like it's doing that same thing star wars does sometimes where they see one example of something and they call it like the rule yeah like the fact that Boba Fett doesn't take his helmet off in the six minutes of screen time he has yeah like they're like oh by the way mandalorians, all don't take mandalorians their never take their helmet yeah. off it's like all Bothans are part of his spy net because yeah, yeah. the one time they mentioned Bothans, they talk they about, them being, about spies. being spies yeah, yeah so every <laughs> Bothan that's ever existed yeah. totally a spy yeah like there's no. one Twilight that has her boobies out, so every Twilight's a slut. Yeah, like, they're all dancers. Yeah, and... all like dancers. And drug now they eggs. did break with that tradition with Hera in, like, the, in yeah, Star Wars okay, Rebels. Yeah, fine, yeah, but, fine. You know, but like in all the rest of canon, for some reason, there Twilight's is some fan like, fiction where she is a stripper, though. And then there's Sabine. Is really? And there's also Sabine in Rebels. Uh, is never, there really? Is there really? Of course there is. Wait, what did like, you say? That's disgusting. I don't know if it exists. Where posted at? Like I, I, I am not. <laughs> That's disgusting. Where, where, where are those at? Where, where can I find that? <laughs> like I don't have proof, but I know there's out there. <laughs> God, um, You're probably right too. Yeah. So the uh, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff like that. But one of the things I really have enjoyed, or at least especially in the first episode, um, there was a lot of cool little informational bits and nods at the Mandalorian culture in general. So, you know, he gets that piece of uh, he gets his his uh, his down payment for the for the for the big job, which is a, a bar of Beskar, um, which is obviously that's the metal that the Mandalorians make all their armor out of. And uh, it's very valuable to them and, and it's very valuable metal in general. So but like showing him just immediately taking that to the to the the, the local Mandalorian forge and getting himself a new piece of uh, of armor out of Beskar was uh was was pretty cool. Um, it was like an MMORPG. It was like, all yeah. right, now you got the oh materials. Oh my god, Travis has said that about a hundred times. Like, you go down there, and you expect to see like somebody with like their name over their thing hopping up and down for no reason. <laughs> it's like it's like everything you ever saw in like Kotor. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it, you know that 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 was that was cool, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more about kind of the Mando culture where it is now. Because the last time we really saw a lot about Mandalorians in in any sort of Star Wars canon stuff was in the Clone Wars cartoon. So, yeah. and back then they still had a home planet, and they you know they it was a it was a different kind of culture. And then we see some of them a little bit in Rebels with Sabine, um, you know, in Death Watch, and uh, you know, in her it's family. Yeah, and like Fen Rao, you meet in Rebels. Yeah, so what's the thing about never taking your helmet off? Because there's tons of Mandalorians that take their helmet off. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just a. I think that's just a more of just a Boba Fett reference. Like, like Is once it? they reach like kind of like, you know, culturally speaking, like they they go from being like a full blown civilization to being like this kind of Spartan warrior race that uh, it just exists on the outskirts of society. I mean, but uh, so it was so. Hold on. So speaking of this guy in particular. Okay. Uh, you saw some of the flashbacks. You know, he was a child. His yeah. family died. Blah blah. blah. Totally was he kidnapped? Helmet. Was he? You know, basically well, saved. This by is the what's this is what's interesting. What? Like, I'm not sure where they're gonna take this exactly because in the old Star Wars EU, the Mandalorians, you know, they like they lost their home planet and they were known 
for um, taking in orphans, essentially. Uh So they would take in people that weren't native Mandalorians and take them into their families and 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 indoctrinate them into being into the Mandalorian culture, basically. So they they would take on these orphans and these kind of hard luck cases um, into the There's into the tribe. In the show to being a foundling. Yeah. Yeah. So, foundling. Yeah. So, they mentioned that that in particular. Yeah. So, so that, that was was that what his case is? Is that uh, it? Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Very well. Could be. And like I said, that that's that was a thing from the old EU. I don't know. I can't remember a reference to that to that particular cultural behavior in any of the stuff that's still canon. I mean, maybe there has been in the newer some of the newer books and comics that have come out. I haven't read everything. Well, but, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a big. Uh, I don't have a ton of knowledge on you know canon versus legends and stuff like yeah. that. But I do. I, I did see something on some message boards in regards to the guild, and apparently that is a big deal. Yeah, but that is now canon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a garden destiny. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's it, it, I think um there's little things like that. Like it does it does seem like they're taking at least some of the um reference clues from the old um Legends EU stuff and and kind of working with it in the Mandalorian, um, which is pretty cool. I you know, especially for the old EU fans, that stuff's always always nice to see a little bit those little tweaks and or those little references kind of sneak into things is, is, is always nice, but I like the reference to life day. Yeah. 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 I remember that one too. Yeah. And that was my, that was the one that I noticed. Like, so I was like, Oh, Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you seen the whole Christmas special Carlos? I have not. No, I've seen bits and pit bits and pieces of it. it. You've not seen the entire B. Arthur musical number. Oh, it's so bad. I've (laughs) seen the, um, the cartoon, the Boba Fett thing, the cartoon. You see uh, Chewbacca's uh, uncle or granddad ever is watching the porn. Yeah. No, the the VR porn. Cause that's the thing that happens too. And, and his wife, uh, Mal Tobuk and, uh, his his son, son, Lumpy, 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 Lumpy. Lumpy. Oh Lord. Yep. Um, is Which, that all uh, canon? Did this uh, really <laughs> n- uh, Well, I, I don't know. No, it's yeah. not on uh, Disney Plus. Do you have any idea how big it would be if they just Probably did not. another Life Day special? Like if they just did a Life they Day should. special in like 2020, yeah. everybody would be like, oh my God. Uh, if, they, if they did a modern day Christmas special, that would be It would be a epic. little bit better. Amazeballs. Yeah, that would be amazeballs. They could put it on ABC and everything. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it would be crazy, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, uh, so far I'm, I'm just a big fan of the show so far and I can't wait oh, to yeah. see more of it. It's, it's All a right, little so- disappointing. It's mildly disappointing that the show is only a 30 minute show. Um, I, I was just assuming it was going to be like an hour long show, 45 minutes to an hour, but yeah, it's um, one of those things where like you're disappointed by something that was never promised to you. Yeah, exactly. Like, nobody told me it would be, but now that I don't have it, I'm like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were all, all making right. assumptions. Um, so but, so the the big the big spoiler reveal, dun, 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 baby, dun. Yoda. baby Yoda. What, is, what are the thoughts? Uh, so I mean, like, is this first of all? I mean, it's it's been what the the biggest kept secret of George Lucas. What what the hell is a Yoda? Yeah. What, yeah. what species is it? Yeah, there. Well, we don't know the name of the species. Right. There's there there's no well, official reference. They're all strong in the force. There's only been three for three. Yeah, there's only yeah, really been there's two. Only been there's two. only there's only two of them in official canons, Yoda and Yaddle. Yep. Um, Until now, 
uh, until now. Now we've got the now we've got the the baby Yoda, which still doesn't have a name. So everybody's calling it baby Yoda because we have no idea what it is, and it's we just don't a, know what it's just a, is, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully there will be. Um, I think I heard uh, an interview with Favreau where he said that the name of the race does get revealed at some point. So wow, do you need that? That's huge. Um, I don't feel like I do. I don't know that I do. I don't know that it's I. Fan it's fan service. It's it's yeah. I mean it's. It's good. It's, to have. it's been I mean, it's, it's been I'm a what a it. it's been a fifty well no you're not fifty forty year old secret. Uh, basically, George yeah. Lucas basically has not revealed it. He obviously knows. What I mean, it is. goes back to nineteen eighty with the Empire Strikes Back, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, we're talking about you know yeah we're talking about forty years. Uh, we all of us have wondered what, what it is. So, um, I think the uh, I've never is, wondered. No. Well, I, mean, I have. Maybe maybe not like sat there and pondered and then wrote. No, yeah, I haven't put like a, I haven't put a lot of serious thought into it. But exactly. You know. But but well, <coughs> it, it brings that thought back because that's yeah. the whole thing. And I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's a Yoda. I mean, it, it's whatever Yoda is. What's Yoda? Like I was like, and I was like, what the fuck is Yoda? Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, that that, that was never revealed. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought it was a big deal. I like the. Um, the IG robot too. Um, yeah. Oh, IG eleven. Yeah, IG eleven yeah. was great. With Taika so, Watiti doing the voice, which is fantastic. Like who did the voice? Yeah. Taika Watiti. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. The director. Yeah. For yeah. Guardian. Oh no, was it Thor Ragnarok? Uh, yeah, Thor Ragnarok, and then what, what we, we do. In the what shadows. we do in the shadows, which is fucking fantastic. If you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, but one of the uh, one of the things uh, again, you know, it's trying to be like, oh, what, you know, what show. Is the uh, what direction is the show going? Because uh, no one really knows. Uh, but we're hoping, you know, obviously uh, from lore, you know, that IG uh, has several different iterations, different, yeah. you know, uh, robots. I- I'm so. assuming we will see more IG units and they will all be voiced by Taika Waititi. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, replicas of, of the one that we saw in the first episode. Yeah. That was I, I. That was one of the highlights, I think, for me. Oh, yeah. The IG uh, scene yeah, like, was Watching great. him, like, murder people, I was like, man, he is actually yeah. underpowered in uh, Imperial Assault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These things are just, like, straight up murder on legs. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, mainly just the dialogue uh, and then you know the yeah. whole self-destruct thing. That, that he tried to self-destruct like four times. Yeah, <laughs> so. That's become a meme on the internet, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like millennials when anything happens. I guess they're self-destruct now. <laughs> okay, boomer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a Yoda one with that too. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that was great. Uh what was it? Uh shit. It was the with the Yoda baby. Goes, boomer, boomer okay, and then he's like See here, you little shit. No, it said something else about it. Started Yoda said something first, and it's like Boomer, okay, and it's like it's like listen here, you little shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, it's uh uh, the the and then obviously in this in the second episode we get to see Baby Yoda throw out some real force power, uh, lifting a uh, a giant. I think I I think the beast is called a Mudhorn. What's up? I think it's called a Mudhorn. Or at least that's what I saw it referenced as. Is it something. supposed to be the same thing from uh, episode two? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Basically, just space for Astros to die. Yeah, maybe. But it's all hairy. Mm. So I don't that's know. I, I, I saw I saw some article that referenced it as a mud horn. I, I don't know if it that was, was the it was name. a it was a mud horn uh, because it was on the subtitles. Uh, okay. I was so I was uh, I watched episode two. 
while I was waiting in line for Space Mountain at Disney. Because <laughs> I was like, it's it was like an 80-minute wait. And I was just like, yeah. fuck. Or an so 80 I sat there. ride. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I was sitting there with Kenny. Uh, so we were both sitting there, and we are talking about the first episode. He's like, yeah, I haven't seen the second one yet. He's like, yeah, me neither. And I was just sat there, and I'm like, let's watch it. Do you want to watch the second one? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, uh, we got 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, it shouldn't be that long. Um, so yeah, we ended up watching the episode uh, while we were waiting in line. That's funny. So obviously, uh, so we couldn't really hear the audio very well. So I put the subtitles on. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, they called it a mud horn on okay. the uh, subtitles. Yeah, that's what I saw a reference so, to as a, in some article. But yeah, um, I'm not sure if I've seen a reference of that uh, species. That is kind of a funny thing. So, it's no. like the difference between like 2019 and like back in the day Star Wars, where like. It's funny if you go back and look at, like, what they named the action figures for, like, various guys back in the day were ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, eventually the canon gave them names that you got to know. Yeah. Like, it was 1977, and, like, Momo and I in the, uh, the... Cantina is just hammerhead guy. Yeah. Like, or Marco yeah. from Return of the Jedi is fucking prune face. Yeah. Like, literally, the action figure got, re- got released as prune face. Prune face. Even prune though, like, face. George Lucas gave this guy a name. It's in the script. His yeah. name is Aura Marco. But no, the action figure has to be fucking prune face. <laughs> what is, is that Dick from, Tracy? Uh, oh, man. From Dick Tracy. What? No, no, no. But, um. <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> said robot, robot chicken. Uh, I'm sure they know, use it, it robot chicken. Yeah, yeah, robot chicken. They did a thing about it. Yes, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I might maybe misremembering that, but but it's just funny to me that like, like now that we have subtitles and you know IMDb and stuff, these guys get actual yeah. names instead yeah. of like calling them what we feel like calling them. Yeah. So so the whole thing, you know, obviously they he he has to fight this uh this mud horn, which is this giant rhinoceros thing, hairy rhinoceros that lives in a mud pit cave. And uh, to get to get the, the that egg was so disgusting. So oh, to, to get the egg for the Jawas to eat, uh, so he could eat get all raw, his, no less. Eat raw, yeah. They uh. ate that shit raw, and they and they so he could get his, his uh, parts for his ship back that they stole from him. And uh, and then the Yoda baby like saves him, like lifts lifts that that mud horn up in the air. It was uh, that was pretty. Why is pretty he epic. like sleeping after that for like? Days? I think he was just exhausted. It was just he just yeah. used oh, like he's oh, just yeah. Ma- he just used, he needs so maximum tired. effort. Uh, uh, yeah. Maximum effort. He's going to sleep now. Yeah, he's a um, he's a little baby Yoda. I suppose we could tie this into X Wing a little bit. I'm kind of looking forward to that ship being in uh, X Wing. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like, we get a new scum ship that don't suck. Yeah, cool. well, hopefully it doesn't suck. Well, no, it'll probably push, it, uh, it'll be Razor pu- Crest. Maybe pushed his F just to uh, just to, like promote the show. <laughs> Don't tell me FFG, yeah, does. I, so, FFG does that. Like, yeah. whatever the new hotness is, they have to, like, make it better in the game. <coughs> yes, yeah, they just do. Just to, like, oh, it. Absolutely, it'll be the best. It'll definitely be the best uh, scum, scum ship in the game. Yeah, I'm sure like, it'll the be The stat line's going to be completely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But, um, it'll be three agility, three attack, uh, eight full, <laughs> t- 12 shields, um, <laughs> automatic crits. Auto, auto uh, crit, uh, unavoidable crits. It'll have a built-in auto blaster 42 ability. points, uh, Bob. Bob, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the record was uh, 24. Yeah, it was the record, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, so um, we'll see. But, uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> 
your train oh, of thought. Where the whole podcast will wait for you to get it back. <laughs> right? um, not just the whole scene with him popping uh, Jawas. Oh, yeah. Like, he was just like vaporizing Jawas. that one? Yeah, yeah. It's just, just like pop. Just okay, so Jawas. I already asked one other person that saw this already. So like when he's on the sand crawler, did no one else see Last Crusade there? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, like, that was, was the like, whole point it. where they tried to rub him off on the rocks. Yeah, I'm like, watching yeah. it. I was like, how is this not just Indiana Jones? Yeah, last? for not sure. Not that I don't want an homage to that, but like, yeah. good Lord, this is exactly that scene. I, I, this, this, I mean, that's, that is kind of one of the most interesting things about the show is, is it is homage heavy. Oh, yeah. Like, like there is a lot of, 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 of reference work in the show, but, um, you know. Which can be good and bad, but I I, I enjoyed it at least. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was fine with it. But I was like watching. It was like, is no one else like? In, I was watching. It was literally just me and my wife. I was waiting for my wife to say something. Be like, is anybody else gonna point out this? Is just yeah. that seed from last crusade. Yeah. yeah, and he gets and he gets shocked with the uh, the, the the same Jawa gun or whatever they use to to take out uh, to to incapacitate R two D two and in a new hope. And obviously they get the sand crawler, which is the same and. You know, I think one of the things they've described too now is that, you know, obviously, so like Tatooine is the home planet for Jawas, but they have moved off of uh, Tatooine and expanded their, their, like, oh, do we know what the, other you know, planets. planet is? Uh, what, what planet? Uh, Wait, I don't currently? know the name of that planet. I don't think I've seen it anywhere. I, I, don't, I haven't seen, I honestly, I don't think they've, unless it's in credits or somewhere weird. Right. I haven't seen I mean, the name for any of the three planets Nazis. they've been on so far. Yeah. And um, what are the questions? It's not. They, questions? Yeah, it is not Tatooine. We know that much. No. How do we know that? Uh, yeah. Uh, they did. Say, the, I think. And so they. I think somebody said that. I think Favreau said that in an, in an interview. Hmm. But. So then it's probably still kind of a secret if, uh, if they're mentioned specifically that it's not this planet, but they won't mention what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know that it's. I don't know how relevant it is. I mean, they didn't mention the name of the ice planet from the from the beginning of the first episode. I assume that was Hoth, because like, because the ice planet is Hoth. If there's sand, it's Tatooine. <laughs> no, is that not how this works? Not not, not anymore, it's man. A, um, brave new world. Um, brave new world. We don't know the, the name thing. of the home planet where he went back to bring the, you know, collect the new bounties, bounties and the, the bounties and stuff. Yeah. So what were you gonna say, Carlos? Uh, I lost my train of thought again. Oh goddamn it. Um. Yeah, no. Three it, arrogant bastards in. Three. <laughs> so arrogant. <laughs> so arrogant. I'm just arrogant. Um, but yeah. Oh, the other thing too is you got the um. So the the other imperial guy that walks in, in in the in the in the middle of that meeting, Dude right? From American gods. Yeah, yeah. So when he walks in there, whatever. So apparently on his uni- on the shoulder of his uniform is a Kaminoan, uh, symbol. So the like so the, the clone people, the, the, the clone people, yeah, the people that made all the clones for the Clone Wars. So, so there's theory about a clone. Well, there's theory. There's different theories. So it's like the theory. The, the the question is: Is he trying to clone Yoda baby, or is Yoda baby a clone? And he's trying to get it back. And you know, I mean, fifty years old. You know, who knows? It could have been something that, that the Cayman Owens did um, at yeah. some point. So I'm thinking I'm thinking it's it's probably going to be more or less, um, you know, because it's after the empire's down. Yeah. Um, and they're the. The plan could be to capture the Yoda baby, harness its, you know, force powers, study it, whatever, and then figure out how to clone it. Yeah. Uh, into new super soldiers. 
uh and that that would be i think what the kind of the um the plan would be there um just because obviously it's you know trying to rebirth the the empire was that that guy by the way that those robes and just the way he was dressed so it, what kind of where does he fall under the empire like what, Werner, Werner Herzog of, uh, yeah character? yeah i don't know is it like a, <coughs> some a fanatic uh, of the empire is he some kind of officer like what hard to say i mean at this point like you said this is five years after return of the jedi and and i guess four years after battle of jakku which was basically the end of the empire as we know it right so who who knows he could be some guy with former imperial ties i mean maybe eh. yeah <laughs> maybe he's uh maybe he's like Maybe he's like one of the um, emperor's former advisors. The emperor had all sorts of uh, random advisor people that weren't a f- imperial military necessarily. Um, that had a lot of, you know, information obviously about the emperor plans. So uh, I, I don't know. It's gonna be. We'll find out. Supposedly, um, the episode that comes out the week of Rise of Skywalker um, comes out on Wednesday, I think. It comes out before because the movie comes out on Friday, so it's not it's not releasing on on Friday with the movie. It's coming out a couple days beforehand. Is that gonna be the last episode of the season? No. Um, oh, okay. It'll be episode six, I think. I was kind of thinking like this whole thing was gonna. I wonder if they're gonna do any kind of tie in. I'm sure. That, I think that's what I'm. I feel like. Yeah, I feel are. a tie in coming, and I like. I think a lot of this whole Yoda baby thing is gonna somehow tie into Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I kind of wonder if um, so that's a, that's a little yeah. nuts for a major plot line for this. Yeah, I kind of feel like it. A, I feel like it will. And it B, might not necessarily be a major plot point in Rise of Skywalker, but it might be one of those like, okay, here's a little thing that explains that kind of makes something well, make um, sense. Like the heir to the Empire trilogy, they had trouble cloning Force users because they have Joris yeah. Kaboth or whatever. Is yeah, like, goes crazy for being that. Yeah, it goes insane. Like, I wonder if like the whole point of this is figuring out you know if he's Camino and <clears throat> like I wonder if it's about trying to figure out how to clone force users yeah possibly like that right. has to do with the emperor coming back which everybody everybody keeps telling the emperor comes back and rise of Skywalker as if that's a fact as if like no preview is ever like lied to us you, yeah lied yeah. to you or like played with camera angles and made you think something yeah yeah happen. no we we for sure don't know obviously what's gonna happen there yeah, they, everybody's they, like, yeah once the emperor comes back it's like you really think they would give you that plot? Yeah, point? the closest thing they've given is in one of the previews. You see, like the back of what might be the Emperor's the Emperor, robes. and then like some laughter as if, and like, some, uh, yeah, and you get the laughter. You couldn't like hear a recording of that, or something. yeah, yeah. So uh, it's hard to say exactly like what's going to happen there, but it, it will obviously it'll be interesting to find out. I like the uh, just the cloning, uh, you know, Jedi power theory. Basically, just going like, oh well. Know, maybe we can bring him back. And yeah, so finding remains of him or something like mm-hmm. that to be able to bring well, that, part of that, him back. Like like Joe said, that will be an interesting thing because that that was something that was really an, an EU an old EU thing only um, was the idea that trying to clone a Force user was problematic yeah. um, because of, because they had a hard time. Like they they would just they would go insane basically. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if if that's something that they you know, kind of bring into the storyline from, from the old, uh, heir to the empire series. So, which is like a, <coughs> some of the best thought of like EU stuff. I mean, they've, they've had, they haven't shied away from pulling things out of that particular part of the EU. Yeah. You know, you obviously, obviously Thrawn brought Thrawn back. back yeah. And, yeah. Like he's a fan favorite. Everybody's still waiting for Mar Jade, but, <laughs> um, one day, one day, I, I maybe. Be, well, we'll 
I wouldn't be shocked if she shows up in The Mandalorian. I wouldn't be. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if she showed up in Rise of Skywalker. I mean, it's you're talking about a character. She was the she was the hand of the Emperor. I mean, she was his kind of personal assassin, essentially. Um, so, you know, she's the t kind of character that would be involved in some sort of grand secret plan to, like, hide a, a bunch of Imperial ships in the middle of nowhere and, and like, resurrect the Emperor somehow, like... That would yeah that that well, that could make a certain degree of sense. I mean, I, I doubt it's gonna happen, but you know, it's. I it's, think she's more likely to show up in the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the EU characters are far more likely to show up in the kind of smaller content than in the movies themselves. Obviously, weird. Thrawn and see, Rebels. Like, yeah, characters like that pop up Mandalorian only because there's so few characters to begin with. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing is we know like. Do Dave... we need? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go finish it up. No. I, I was just going to say, like, the, you know, we, we, we already know Dave Filoni, <clears throat> who did Clone Wars and Rebels and is, and, and is also one of the producers on Mandalorian. Uh, you know, he's the one who brought Thrawn back in, in Rebels. So he obviously right. has a, 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 a lot of knowledge of the old EU stuff and, um, and, and some appreciation for it. So, you know, it's definitely a, the kind of place you could see some of those characters finding a home in in the in new canon but anyways go ahead do you no do you guys think that in general the star star wars require a lot of kind of filling in the gaps uh kind of material or do you think that they are good to just kind of create more just unique material because that's like the whole thing with the mandalorian right for me just you know the assignment was just to have some, you know, a TV series, you know, following a bounty mm -hmm. hunter and stuff like that. I didn't necessarily need it to explain things from, you know, either major movies or major, major things. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't need to yeah. tie in to the major plot line <laughs> of the whole Star Wars universe. I mainly just need it to be, I, I want to watch a bounty hunter kick ass. And yeah, I mean. Things. I mean, let me put it this way for me, at least. And I know Joe has a different opinion on this, but for me, for me, I, um, as somebody who is a very heavy consumer of star Wars content beyond just the movies, um, Steve know how to read book. Yeah. For me, it's like a really, like it's to me, it's like a really cool little prize or reward for, for the people who read the who read and watch and all, all the content who really kind of soak soak it all in or as much of it as they can so it's like w watching the movie like and seeing this little thing that like you know is a reference back to something that happened that happens in the mandalorian or happens in a book or happens in a comic book or or one of the or rebels in the cartoon show something that i've seen and already invested time into T to me that's a really re rewarding thing and i love kind of unraveling those little like Easter eggs. Um, and I know not everybody is necessarily knows or cares about that stuff, but um, I, I, for me, at least I, I like it. I, I know it's a, it's a tough line to toe because you don't want to make the major, the big movies. You don't want to make them so referential that you can't understand what's going on without having watched or read the other stuff. Um, but it is at the same time, nice to have some little things in there that can help um that certain that some people are going to get um it just it, it's just hard to toe the line between giving a little bit of that fan service and um making it so central to the plot line that 
uh, you lose people who don't read and watch everything else. So that's that's kind of where I fall on it. But my, my yeah, my main question is basically tells do we need it? I I love the Easter eggs. I think uh, we like do. I think group. I'm just saying I think we do because for me I like do I we love need it. The, do we need <laughs> the uh, well? Do we need the gaps that fill in the gaps? Do we need to, for example, um, the Darth Maul kind of aftermath? Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like a little bit of fan service, but at the same time, we all just needed to know: Did he actually die? Did he actually die? And as it turned out, apparently he didn't. Um, so like, do, do we need that? Those, I, I don't those think any of us were lines? questioning whether he died. He got fucking cut in half. He got and cut in half and dropped down a garbage chute. Like, the fact I mean, that he <laughs> didn't die is somewhat offensive. Yeah, that that was a weird one because it's like all of a sudden, like Darth Maul's back and he has mechanical spider legs. <laughs> I don't remember asking like, myself, yeah. "Do you think he died there?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody was wanting or asking for that one. So now you know, and then once they brought him back that way, then you know, then he kind of became this this thing that they that is out there, and they eventually dealt with him in rebels um as far as his 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 actual final demise but um but yeah it, it, but then he shows up in solo and and like it, you know randomly as like the head of the cartel or whatever and like it's you know there's it, you know it was weird i mean i love i love darth maul as a character and it was a tragedy that they killed him off supposedly killed him off the way they did in the in phantom menace he probably would have been a great character to have through those three movies yeah um but like instead of count dooku uh, yeah exa- yeah exactly like uh, i mean was, no no first of all christopher lee awesome actor yeah and he was fucking great for the role he was given yeah but you know if there was just a whole thing you know basically a trilogy of this one super awesome Sith, you know, uh, lightsaber uh, fighter that would yeah. have been pretty sick. I saw a theory the other day that was pointing out that the three villains of of the three prequel trilogies basically segue into Vader. Like you have like the Sith Lord that is Darth Maul, you have the fallen Jedi that is Dooku, and then you have the cyborg that is is Grievous. Grievous. And like the three of them are the three aspects of Vader. Yeah. I was okay. like, yeah, yeah, I like that. I like oh, that better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's like, no, look at that. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, and I see reasons, like I see reasons for Grievous, and I see re, or, or uh, uh, Dooku. Um, you know, like part of it too was like I think the reason they killed off Maul or supposedly killed off Maul there was to kind of you know give the Jedi the false sense of accomplishment the villain is gone like yeah. the villain is gone because they still didn't know who his master was or if he even had a master they assumed because they know that you know they generally know that sith come in pairs but they didn't see anybody else or know that anybody else was there specifically so you know killing him off gave them i think a, a sense of accomplishment at the end of phantom menace that lulled that you know helps lull them into complacency that uh, kind of helps allow palpatine to take over later on so i i get that using it that way as like a plot device but also maul is a really badass character and it probably would have been really cool to have him around in the other movies and maybe would have helped those movies out but you know who knows but going back to your other point there carlos about filling in the plot i am 
in a lot of ways against it because I feel like it hems in future storytelling is sort of my take on it. Like in The Last Jedi, one of the things people hate a lot about that one is when they take a ship and they ram <coughs> into another ship, you know, through light speed and blow it up. And a whole lot of people are like, well, why haven't they done that before? Why is that not a thing? And I think when you hem in the plot and you, oh, I think when you explain things and you fill in those plot holes and you flesh out the universe completely, you hem in your ability to do things like that because the audience feels like they know better than you how this universe works. I like the mystery instead where you don't know how this universe works and that that's anything can happen. It's sort of that Flash Gordon thing where like Flash Gordon, they clearly made shit up as they went along. But that made every episode exciting because you weren't really familiar with the rules of the universe. So realistically, anything that happened, you had to accept as fact because that's you know how the storyteller presented it. it. It I think it enhances the suspension of disbelief to not have all the information about how the universe works. And I think every time you fill in more of that universe, your expectations become more concrete. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's definitely part of it, and and that's and that's a that's a big reason why they blew up the old EU, was because it hemmed them in su- to such a great degree from a storytelling standpoint. Like they were, there was no way they were going to be able to come out and make an, new movies and all that kind of stuff if they if they left the old EU in as canon. Yeah, um, it just it just it just made everything way too. If difficult. they left the old EU, then all they're doing is filling all they're doing. Sense. Well, then at that point, they're just making movies out of the books that had already come out. Yeah, like <laughs> there wasn't a st- there wasn't a gap or a storyline for them to fill in there. There wasn't no new storytelling. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To so, um, so yeah, no, I know that's yeah, that's definitely an, an important aspect of it. And, and it, like I said, it's a really really thin line, and it's a it's a really t- it's a tightrope that they have that you have to walk when you're doing that kind of stuff. Um, between kind of meeting the wants and needs of the fans like me and but also being able to provide uh, a sensible storyline uh, and, and that is appealing to everybody and you know doesn't have these kind of inconsistencies and stuff like that but um, but yeah I don't know I, it's uh, but I personally um, you know, and it depends on, the, on every story. Like you look at something like Rogue One, for example. I mean, Rogue One is a total filler story. That's the entire point of that movie was a, was was to fill in a bl- fill in the blanks on on a, on a on a Star Wars mystery. Mm-hmm. And it, but it was a fantastic movie, and I think it did a fantastic job at filling in those blanks. And like like I'm to the point now where I would tell I would tell somebody to watch Rogue One before you watch A New Hope because it gives you such a great it's a setup it's a setup and it makes a lot of things in a new hope make more sense mm-hmm. um but uh you know as i think because you you always had the complaint like not necessarily complaints but the, like the the jokes people would make about a new hope about about like what well, what you know they got this fucking giant space you know battle station thing that can destroy planets and they just leave a fucking exhaust port that can you can blow it up with one shot you know like why is that a thing you know like so that and that's what rogue one explains is why it is a thing i um right. i would argue with you that i would argue with you i wouldn't start anybody that hadn't seen the rest of the saga with rogue one though cuz i think it sets the wrong tone yeah i think, I yeah. think tonally you're going to be like these movies are a little bit of a downer and they are in some way, but like, I think they're more totally related well, to a new hope. Well, hold on though. Cause it, it's, <coughs> a, it's an up, up and down and it always has been. So rogue one's a downer. New hope is an upper empire strikes back downer. 
Return of the Jedi upper. Like, so it's it's just this, this constant wave. Um, so not every single movie is either uplifting or, you know, like it, not every single movie either ends on a good note or ends on a bad note. It, 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 it fluctuates. So I don't know. Like, it, it, do you start with the good or the bad? It, it, does it really matter? Mm. Uh, I'd argue it does, but I wouldn't have any in storytelling. I, I I don't know if it it, it does. I mean, I, it, in storytelling, for the most part, like at least in Star Wars, from from what you've seen, is is that the sequel is the one, yeah, where you know you have the cliffhanger, well, and, and you have the villain, the, the villains get the win. The the other um, thing, I don't the, know, if in general storytelling, that that's true. Yeah, the other thing about A New Hope that you have to remember is that movie was made as a one off. Like, Lucas may have had ideas, like vague ideas and outlines for like what more he would do with the Star Wars universe, but when they made that movie, there was there was they had no idea that it was going to be the hit it was going to be, and that they were going to make more of these movies. Right. So it's a compact movie. It, it's it, it. That's why it's part of the reason why it ends on a happy note the way it ends, because it's like it, it, it kind of had to because it, it was made as a one off movie and you, you can't have it. end. you can't you, that one couldn't end on a sour note because knowing that there's going to be another movie to come fix that later. So it's like. Okay, so this is a one-off story. This this is the world we're in. That he, he obviously created a world that could be expanded upon because he he had more ideas for it, but he had no idea that he was actually going to get to make anything else for Star Wars. Yeah. So you know, I think hey, he, I love Rogue One even more than the next guy. But like, yeah. if you showed it to like my mom who hasn't seen the rest of the Star Wars movies. Her impression of Star Wars is these movies are a fucking bummer. Yeah, like as we showed our new hopes, like this is you know this is pretty dramatic, and I like it. And I yeah. want to watch more. Yeah, Whereas, no, like, I, could, I, I I could see that, and I I think the one the one did me just playing like the devil's advocate is all just that none of the movies are all the same as far as that that kind of tone. So there are some bad tone movies, and there are some good tone. Mm. Well, I, th- um, I, I, I really and I'm just do- wondering what, where you want, where you would want to start in the, in this kind of situation. Like, let's say I, I like, I understand your point of view, like when you said, uh, Steve, where it's like, well, it was Star Wars, obviously, you know, in the first movie, you have to start off on a good note, but we're way past that now at this stage, if somebody is being introduced to the Star Wars universe, would it be that bad to introduce them to something <coughs> like a downer? And then, yeah, I mean, you know, I go up from there. I honestly think the like I I love Rogue One, and I like from a storytelling standpoint, I think it would be really cool to see like if I could go back in time and see that before you see A New Hope, that'd be interesting. But tonally, it's weird in the sense not so much in just the tones of the movie, but in the it, I mean, obviously, you got a movie made in nineteen seventy seven, and a movie made in you know twenty sixteen mm-hmm. or seventeen or whenever Rogue yeah, One came out. Jump. So. <laughs> Like just like just like visually and you know like there's so there's so many it's a very stark difference in that regard. I mean it's uh, it's still a Star Wars movie and I think it's shot very much like a Star Wars movie, but it's so much more modern than <laughs> than uh, the the like I almost like like for that reason alone, uh, you know, to like for like a kid or somebody who hasn't seen Star Wars before, I do really think you need to start with the original three, watch those first. And then, like, because you need to understand, because I think there's a certain thing that you really do need to understand about Star Wars by watching those movies before you get into anything else. Yeah. Um, I'm just, 
my only point, and I'll, I'll, I won't belabor it too much further, but it's like, so the, they really don't win anything in Rogue One. They no, barely no. get a victory. Yeah. So you segue right from that one to like the beginning of A New Hope where the princess gets captured, Luke's family gets murdered, and then they blow up Alderaan. That's like three solid hours like, of getting fucking kicked It's like three, the uh, three hours of shit. Like yeah. yeah. That's a lot to ask for somebody to like take that much of a beating and be like, oh yeah, this is a fun, exciting saga. I'm like, yeah, really? Because yeah. right now it looks like a whole lot of murdering of the good oh, yeah. guys. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, I'd never thought of that perspective, but yeah. yeah. That's that's really three that's point. a three hour beating yeah. right there. Yeah, I, I, like I said, really I just bad. I just love I just love the kind of plot holes that Rogue One fills as far as making certain things in Rogue One was a Rogue One has been my favorite movie since the um, the new trilogy. Um, yeah, it's it's it by far. Yeah, it's probably the best of probably the new stuff. My, my favorite since the Empire. Like, yeah, I, it, it's it's well, no, since the Phantom Menace because I really like Phantom Menace. But um, <laughs> well, we have that recorded. Have you on record as having oh, said we, that? We have him on record saying uh, yeah, that it, months it, ago. Yeah it's, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been a running a running gag. Yeah. But uh, I don't but yeah. wouldn't call it a gag. I'm actually serious. <laughs> no, I'm gagging. Yeah, well, <laughs> somebody's gagging. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I, I'm I'm really liking the Mandalorian so far. I I'm a, can't wait for for more episodes. So, and then uh, obviously, we've been we're two episodes. Oh, actually, I was about to say. Like we don't have any Jedi, and they're like, "No, we shoot her under Jedi." There, don't worry. Yeah. Like, By Jesus. the way, you guys really can't tell a story without back on Magic Space Wizard King. Well, no, I mean that's Star Wars, man. Actually, the first—that's why the first episode is better than the second one. By the way, now oh, that yeah. uh, no the Mandalorian powers. Mandalorian is getting in popularity, go ahead and uh, find Sam Talley or Nick White and oh, ask him yeah. how to make those badass Mandalorian. Uh, sets because yep. I, I talked to them for a little bit and apparently they're not that expensive uh, Interesting. To, to set up. So I yeah. want to straight up cosplay as Mandalorian. Yeah, I think the sure. um, I feel like the Mandalorian Mercs, uh, which is the cosplay group for for the Mandalorians, is going to be yeah. getting a lot of new members a in, huge, the, yeah, in the next year here. Basically, a recruitment drive just for them. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the I think the Mandalorian Mercs is getting a, a, a big member member bump here. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I've I've always thought they're one of the my my favorite uh, one of my favorite probably my favorite Star Wars costuming group because it's the most unique one. Like, yeah, you, you know, can like, do your own. Yeah, like like the five hundred first is is you know so strict um, with like you know the, the stormtrooper armor and and all that kind of stuff. Like the Mandos, the Mandalorian Mercs are uh, they're in, they're by de- by nature by default kind of allowed to be a little more creative and um, do some more fun stuff with their costumes, which yeah. is pretty cool. So, anyways, yeah, Mandalorian Mercs, uh, if you know Sam, Sam Talley or Nick White, if you live in the Atlanta area and want to uh, talk to them about Mandalorian Mercs, uh, they're the guys to talk to. So... Um, no against, by the way, the Fiber First because they do no, 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 charity work. They do oh, awesome yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, you got Fiber First and, and, and Rebel Legion I understand and, and, and why the they Mercs. do it. And I understand why they do it. You know what I mean? They, yeah, they yeah. straight up those costumes. We don't want to piss them off because God forbid they try to shoot at us. Yeah. Well, the other cool thing is that they needed extra stormtroopers on the Mandalorian, and they actually called in five hundred first members. 
That's to cool. be to be extras as as storm because they had they brought their own armor. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So there so there are apparently there are a number Disney of, just didn't have enough money in the budget. Yeah. So I think <laughs> it was, was a, I, I think it was a last minute thing. Like uh, apparently they were like doing something. They're like, man, we really just need more stormtroopers, and they just called up the five hundred first, and like a bunch of them came out and and uh, and, and were extras in some Mandalorian uh, episodes or whatever. So that's cool. That's pretty, that's yeah, it's pretty, pretty rad. Nice. So anyhow, um, I don't know. I think that's uh, I think that's enough uh, Mandalorian talk for right now. Uh, we got any any shout outs to finish out the show, Joe? Uh, I just want to give one more out to Prodigy Games. They ran a nice tournament and they uh, they were very uh, very accommodating to us. Yep, um, which I appreciated. That's Carlos, all I got for today. Carlos, you got anything? Uh, big shout out to my buddy Kenny. Uh, he came out to my little guy's birthday at Disney. It's not difficult for him. He's got these, uh, you know, uh, annual passes. But <laughs> uh, but he did spend the whole day with us, uh, him and his wife, Michelle, and, and their son, Grayson. Yeah. Um, we just, we had a blast. Um, we did Stone Mountain first. Uh, I think we both got concussions from that because <laughs> uh, that ride was made in, the, what, the 60s? Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we had a pretty rough day after that. But uh, but no, we, we just, we had a blast. Um and it was fun just, you know, this is what um, I got into the X-Wing community and um, I'm going to always stay in it is that, you know, the friendships, uh, they go beyond just the uh, the X-Wing table. So it's, yeah. it's fun to be able to spend a whole day with uh, one of my X-Wing, you know, players and league mates and have a good time doing yeah. something that's not X-Wing related. For sure. Um. Do I have anything else I want to say? I don't know. I don't think I have any more shout outs. I, the, <laughs> That's good radio to be like, do I have yeah. anything else to say? And the answer is nah. no. Well, we're at the end so here. This feels like maybe the end of the episode. Yeah, this is the end. Um, I, you know, well, just just to piggyback on what you were saying and, and to kind of go with what, uh, you know, I was saying earlier about uh, OCX, the, the X-Wing community is... Um, is just fantastic and uh ocx was kind of a uh, was a shining light of uh of the x-wing community as far as um inclusivity and bringing people in but i think you know part of what makes x-wing so good at that uh i think is that you're, you're basically you're bringing together people around a couple of different things one a great game and two uh an ip that that everybody is obviously hugely invested in like from a, a an emotional like standpoint like we're all we all grew up with this you know we're all the right age to you know most people who play x-wing are are in that kind of age range where we you know we just grew up with star wars and uh and it's obviously a hugely important thing to us and it's a big reason why we play x-wing but uh, and then it also being a great game kind of built around that uh, i think it's just a great chemistry for uh to create a great community so um anyways that's all i got to say but Steve, uh, well said my friend yeah so all right we're gonna finish it off ready guys dials, dials down, down. Bottoms, bottoms up, up. Bottoms up.